Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome everyone to the Spotlight. I'm Jeremy Lambert, that's Steven Jensen, and shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. As always, it is August 31st. It is a giant week in the world of professional wrestling. We're coming off AEW All-In. We have AEW All-Out this weekend. We have WWE Payback this weekend as well. Jensen, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jeremy. I hope you're doing good as well. A lot to talk about on today's show. Um, a lot. Mainly AEW talk probably today for, for most of the people that are watching this. We got some WWE and some other stuff for you too. Some indie stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm looking forward to talking about all this with you. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I'm 
kind of ready for it all to be over with. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it was a long week this past weekend. It's going to be another long week this weekend. It's a fun time. It's, it's an exciting time, but it's also, it makes for some very long days and nights and uh, the longest are yet to come with Saturday and Sunday, but it'll be fun. You know, you can't for complain sure. when this is, this is the job at hand here. Uh, before we get into everything, because we do have a lot to talk about, um, but the, we haven't talked to each other on this show since last Thursday. And unfortunately last Thursday night, uh, Bray Wyatt passed away. And, um, you know, I think that hit that news hit everyone very hard. I've talked about it on, on other shows, so I'm not going to rehash uh, a lot of my comments there, but Jensen, this is the first time again, you've been on the, the show since Bray Wyatt passed and I wanted to give you the floor to just say anything about him. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, so, Obviously, the uh, the news of Bray Wyatt was that's rough um, for a lot of reasons. You know, I'll be the first <clears throat> I'll be the first to admit that uh, you know I wasn't the biggest fan of the Fiend. You know, I made that like really clear on the show. Like, I I, I wasn't a big fan of some of like the characters that Bray Wyatt played on the show, but I really really enjoyed that original Wyatt family backwoods cult leader Hawaiian t-shirt like the Wyatt the original like Wyatt family Bray Wyatt I really really enjoyed that character a lot I was live at Wrestlemania 30 <clears throat> I got to see him versus John Cena like I really firmly believe that Bray Wyatt should have won that match and I think that kind of hurt a lot of his momentum at the time and then <clears throat> and then by the time that uh the next Wrestlemania rolled around they kind of turned him into like the Undertaker light kind of it was like the you just kind of like he feuded with the Undertaker, but he lost a lot of the traits that I that I liked about the original character, and it was just one of those things where like the Fiend just never was for me, and that kind of stuff. But I never in a million years would have ever wanted something like this to happen to anybody. Like regardless of like if I'm the biggest like fan of their on screen, you know, gimmick or whatever. And I, I want to make that really clear because I know there's a lot of people who've heard me on this show and other shows I've gone on you know, joke about how, like, I didn't want Bray Wyatt anywhere near Cody Rhodes, you know, when he, when he returned. And I would talk about, like, how the Fiend ruined Seth Rollins and this and that. But, like, <clears throat> like Rollins definitely recovered. There's been a lot of... L.A. Knight is bigger than he's ever been coming out of that thing, somehow with Bray and all that. And I, that's all to say that as a human being, it seems as if Wyndham Rotunda was a fantastic human. People are saying nothing but incredible stuff about him. He seems like he was the kind of guy that really went out of his way to help people, which is like really says a lot about somebody. It sounds like he was very friendly to people who were new. Like when you were new to the company, he, he lent a helping hand. Um, <clears throat> I uh, It's a tragedy. The guy's our age. I mean, it's, it's, it's just in, you know, cause of, of it and everything. I don't want to get into all that and all that, but it's one of those things where like, regardless of how someone passes when it, when it's a 36, it's like, it's it's an absolute tragedy and it's just one of those things it's like it's just a real real bummer like it really is it sucks there's there's really nothing good that can come of it other than like it's good that people can say all these great things about him now and he also was celebrated while he was alive which is good too like he had a humongous fan base and he still does like i mean his to, to his fans credit whenever i would go on shows and kind of rip on the, the fiend or whatever there was always his fans ready to, to defend him, you know, and I always respected that, you know, even though we might've disagreed on certain things wrestling wise, I always respected the fact that they'd, they'd always come back and be like, yo, don't, don't say, but don't say that about Bray. Like Bray's our guy. Like we believe in Bray, you know, and it's like, you know, fair enough, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that 
<clears throat> I'm happy that the guy's leaving a legacy behind that like is so positive. Like all the wrestlers are saying great stuff about him. He has such loyal fans and he's a guy who passed while he was in the company. That doesn't happen that often. And and hopefully, and I'd imagine WWE is going to do a good job of like, like paying tribute to him, not just this week with like the video packages and that kind of stuff, but I'm sure we'll get some sort of title or like uh like a tournament or like, they got to do something. I feel like to really uh, keep his name, out there you know going forward and i'd imagine he'll be a hall of fame inductee <clears throat> excuse me like pretty much right away so um you know choked up talking about it because like it's a, it's a it's a it was a shock i mean we knew he was out of action and he hadn't been on tv in a while but i i that, had, that hadn't even crossed my mind the idea that like, something like this could even be a, you know possible so um so anyways that, that's kind of what I'll, I'll to put a bow on it you know i know that people have been talking about him for like the last week. It happened like right after our show last week. So, you know, but I, uh, that, that's my thoughts on Bray Wyatt on Wyndham Rotunda, you know, rest in peace. Um, you know, just because I wasn't a big, the biggest fan of his wrestling character doesn't mean that I didn't care about him as a person. And I, and I, I really, um, he's going to be very missed. He was a super unique guy, super creative guy and a guy who connected to fans. He really did. So, um, so rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. I appreciate the uh, the kind words there, Jensen, on on Bray, because yeah, it's it's been a very difficult week for a lot of us in the world of wrestling. And we talked about Terry Funk last week because he unfortunately passed away on Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday night, we we lost Bray Wyatt very unexpectedly. And again, I've I've given my thoughts on other shows and, and stuff, so I won't rehash a lot of that. I do want to bring up WrestleMania thirty though, sure. because I was also there, and this is kind of a a, a invisible bond that we share that we didn't know until we met each other. And I went back and I rewatched that entrance, which was one of the best like live entrances yeah. I've ever seen in wrestling. And the wife had never seen it. And I showed her and she's like, Oh wow, that's, that's really good. Cause some of these live entrances can be very hit or miss uh, with the performance. And they did a really great job. And then the video package as well with him and Cena, um, what was a fantastic, fantastic video package. And yes, he, he should have won that match i think that was a, a misfire that he did not win that match but yes hey bray I, i've said it i know that maybe he was not for everybody jensen has made no secret that he was not always for him but i don't think you could knock the man for his creativity and the the things he brought the uniqueness he brought to the world of wrestling and then as a human being yeah our age kids like that's that hits hard as yeah. someone who in similar age has kids like that just really sucks. And I hope, I don't know what WWE will continue to do moving forward. If however, they're going to honor him. The main thing that I hope happens is like uh, Jojo and, and the kids, all of them are are taken care of in, in some capacity. That's, I think that's the biggest thing they can do more than anything that they may or may not do on screen. Yeah. And I mean, with, uh, it's, it's so strange too with like Brody Lee passing like somewhat similarly like just like out of nowhere young I mean just of like something so like rare really you know and just yeah I mean and it's, it's been great to see obviously like negative one and like how people have you know accept, you know brought him in and like obviously I saw something that was really touching uh like a, a few weeks back um Amanda Huber posted something it was a negative ones um it was like his uh, first day of school and they do that stuff. You know better than me because you're raising kids currently, but 
they do that stuff where it's like, you know, your favorite this and that on like a sheet of paper, you write down all your favorite stuff, your new teacher's name and all that stuff. And it was like, and for Brody uh, Jr., it was like my best friends. And like on the list, it was like, it was like Cody Rhodes, Preston Bands, you know, it was like all, it was like wrestlers that like, you know, have really took them under their wing since Brody passed, you know, and I can only imagine the same will happen for, for, you know, for Bray's children and stuff. So it's just for it to be too, not for Bray and Brody to go so similarly, so young is just so bizarre to me. Um, and I, I feel terrible. I feel terrible for obviously for, for Bo Dallas, you know, I'm obviously I wasn't a big fan of the uncle howdy stuff. I ripped on that stuff hard, but I think it's really cool when like brothers get to work with each other and, you know, and stuff like that. And I feel terrible for Bo. I saw people online that were like, why isn't Bo with the trivia? And I'm like, well, maybe because his brother just died yesterday. You know, like that's, I wouldn't want to do anything either, you know? Um, so I know I, I just want to make that really clear. Like, you know, cause I, I, I do feel bad in a sense that like I, I ripped on so much of his gimmick the last few years, but at the same time, like I never in a million years had those feelings towards the human being. Like I, I got nothing I, but love for Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? I hope people understand that is. Yeah. I'm sure we... that most of them do. I'm just, I yeah. just want to, you know, just make it clear. Cause you know, it's just, I was harsher on him than most, you know what I mean? It's just like, but never, never on a personal level. So yeah. If, if just because we don't like something on television does not mean that we don't like the, the person behind that or certainly wish any type of ill will on that on them i i hope everyone understands that that we're talking about a television show and what we're watching on tv not trying to criticize the the human being and again certainly to that level of things i i hope everyone under i feel like our audience yeah. is, is knows that enough uh i love uh, our fan base we i think i think most of the people that watch our show get us we don't get the most views of everything here on fightful but i think the people that 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 watch the show ride with us they might disagree with some of my takes on some of these performers but at the end of the day i think i appreciate y'all because i think i think you do i think the people in the chat do understand where we're coming from and i really i, I really dig that so. yeah and now for something completely different. Yeah, this is going to be a totally different. This is where people <laughs> might disagree with me, by the way. So I, I hope I built up some good faith just then before y'all, y'all jump on top of me here. So, uh, uh, Guys, we appreciate all, all the comments. And leave a thumbs up on the video. Uh, leave, a, leave a super chat if you would like to support us, support Fightful, support the channel. Um, get your question, comment, statement right on the air. I, I appreciate, we appreciate all the love and support. In that regard, and yes, now again, uh, there's no great way to do this gears, dude. transition. What yeah. in the in the uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle? And now for something completely different, everybody. I'm old and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. <laughs> I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. One year later, Stephen Jensen. <laughs> Uh, AW held their biggest show of the year this past Sunday, and unfortunately, it has been marred by Mr. CM Punk creating headlines, can creating controversy with what happened backstage with Jack Perry. And we're gonna kind of talk about a little bit of everything, but I think the overall kind of thing is AW is going into they just came out of all in, they're going to all out and it is all CM Punk that is what we were talking about and it it centers around him good and bad 
because I love the match with, with Samoa Joe, but it centers around him and it, his name being in the headlines coming out of all in the way things happen going into all out and the, the stuff that is going to have to change has changed with all out. It is all centered around CM Punk and, uh, Jensen, your thoughts on on Punk and him taking exception to the real glass comment made by Perry, the reported altercation, whether punches were thrown, headlocks were were done, and just him kind of putting a little bit of a damper on what should be a big kind of two-week stretch for AEW. Right. Okay. So I will preface this by saying I probably, I I may be repeating myself a little bit. I did a show on Tuesday with Doug where like I went off a bit. He really went off. I went off a bit quite as well. And I may, I may kind of repeat a little bit of that here. So people that watch that may, you know, I know there's a lot of crossover where people watch that and also watch this. So I just wanted to, uh, yeah, I'll just kind of start by saying just right off the rip um jack perry and bobby fish are currently my two favorite wrestlers so um that bobby fish article you wrote yesterday i mean i was working at the time and i pulled it up and started laughing hysterically i was like oh my gosh this is such a what, what was the quote it's like you can't be a bully if you can't fight yeah um, yeah he's like he bobby fish was talking about he called him dylan mckay's kid which ruled that he yeah. just uses dylan mckay uh luke perry's uh not a 2-0 yeah. Yeah, character and he's like you're bullying dylan mckay's kid like you're a bully but you, you can't be a bully because you can't fight yes that was, that was yeah that was a great line um there's an indie wrestler out there currently named dylan mckay who regularly te- teams with uh marcus mathers wasted youth i forgot that was his name on 90210 that's funny my mom used to be a huge 90210 fan like she would love that show. When I was My mom was always more Melrose place. My mom watched that too. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so as far as the punk stuff, like, okay, this is my interpretation of the situation. I could be completely wrong and I'm doing some assuming here, which we all know can make an ass out of you and me. I get all that. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, by the way, while I'm doing this. I will. <clears throat> so this is kind of how I envision things went down. Jack Perry wanted to use real glass. Okay. I personally, I don't really care one way or the other. Cause like I watched, especially like the, the thing happened over the weekend where John Moxley took the skewers to the dome. And I'm so used to that, that it didn't even phase me. Cause I see that multiple times a weekend on the indie circuit, but the, 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 the backlash for that was pretty insane. I had people texting me that don't even watch wrestling that just saw pictures of it. Like, yo, what is this? You know? So anyway, um, you know, but that all said, I don't think that there's any real reason to use real glass. Like there really isn't. Like if you can use sugar glass or whatever, and you can do the stuff way safer. At the end of the day, it's professional wrestling. And you really, this really should be more about like protecting people than actually hurting people. You know, so like I, I'm, I'm not against the idea of somebody approaching Jack Perry and telling him it's not a good idea to use real glass and that, you know. The way that they went about doing it, I don't know. So that's when I'm my assumption. Once again, I got to assuming I could be totally, totally wrong here. But my guess is that there was multiple people, not just CM Punk, that were telling Jack, this isn't a good idea. Like, don't use real glass. We're still going to do the same exact thing you want to do, just on fake glass. Same difference, just not on real glass. And eventually it got to the point where CM Punk had to be the locker room leader and he approached Jack about it. And 
and Jack probably doesn't want to hear it from Punk because they probably already had issues. And Jack's a day one AEW guy. He's an elite, you know, friend. Uh, for all intents and purposes, CM Punk is the ops. CM Punk and, and his and his crew are the ops. The elite and, and Jack Perry are day one ride or die AEW guys. Jack Perry is a pillar of the company and everything. So he probably didn't want to hear this stuff from CM Punk. Things probably escalate. What Jack did on the pay-per-view, I don't think is a big deal at all. Like looking at the camera and saying, real glass, cry me a river. I don't think that's a big deal at all. Especially in comparison to the fact that CM Punk has made a career out of breaking the fourth wall, pipe bomb promos. He called, he called out Hangman like just a few weeks ago off air. and But like when you do that, you know it's going to go all over, all over the internet. Like you don't cut promos like that thinking just the live crowd's going to see it. CM Punk's not stupid. One thing CM Punk isn't is stupid. He's absolutely not stupid. So I don't think what Jack Perry did on, on the show was a big deal at all. But obviously it struck an over CM Punk. Similarly to when Hangman Page went out and made that workers' rights comment and CM Punk got super butthurt about it. And no no fans would have even – like it was over all of our heads. Myself, I, I can admit, I watch more wrestling than most, right? And I and know a lot about the backstage stuff. We interview wrestlers and stuff all the time. I had no idea that that, that, that comment meant anything when it happened. Um, you know, to that, to that degree, I didn't realize what it was. Right. So if I didn't catch it, most people didn't quite didn't catch it. Um, the Perry thing, I think a lot of people caught, but at the same time, it's like big deal. So what you're, you're, you're winking to the smart marks. Punk does that all the time. He does it. He does it literally every match at this point. Like what's the point of a baby face going out there and doing the, you know, like, like punk, like punk knows what he's doing. He's, he's, he's just, he's contradicting himself. He's a hypocrite over and over and over again with all so much of the stuff. So anyway, Perry does that. I also want to preface all this by saying last week, I said a lot, a lot of really nice stuff about CM Punk. Cause I truly last week at dynamite in collision in Atlanta, he did win a lot of points with me because of the way he treated the fans after the show. Cause of the stuff he said about Terry Funk and stuff. And I, I that's all true. Like he, it's this very weird thing where he 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 takes one step forward or two steps back constantly. Like he'll like something good faith and then double bad faith. And right now we're at double bad faith because if this is all true, kind of what happened, I don't know exactly how you how you can fix this without CM Punk not being a part of the company going forward. Like I don't, I don't think you can just keep suspending this guy and like just be like, all right, well hopefully it doesn't happen again because what's going to stop it from happening again? I don't like the fact that this guy is 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 fighting allegedly fighting people that are smaller than he is. I mean, you're going after Jack Perry, you're going after the Young Bucks. Like it's just a weird look. And like the whole idea of we don't know exactly what happened in this fight, but Tony Khan was right there apparently to where like monitors maybe even like fell on him. Tony at this point, I'm gonna go back to Pump, but Tony at Tony Khan at this point needs to actually just say what's happening. Like, stop leaving the fans in the dark. We went through this a year ago where CM Punk was stripped of the title. The elite were stripped of the trios titles and you didn't even explain anything. Like, so we went like a whole year in the dark of like, when are these guys coming back? Apparently the, the talent themselves didn't know when they were coming back. The young bucks said it was like the worst time of their careers. Cause they were just sitting at home, not knowing what their future was. And this and that, what you're, and me and Doug talked about this on Tuesday, what you're allowing to happen when you're Tony Khan right now is you're allowing the wrestling media, which we're a part of, to a degree. I mean, the, the website we, we work for is I'm not a journalist, but you're letting these sites I, and Fightful is a bit different to be fair. Cause Sean is reporting like actual fact and his track record speaks for itself. 
But when you look across the board at people aggregating things and people making up their own narratives, it's a problem. It's a big problem for AEW because now you have a divided fan base again where you have your punk fans and you have your your elite fans and your Perry fans. You have your um you have your your punk wrestlers who are allies of his. You have your 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 punk haters, your your uh, your elite allies as wrestlers. It's dividing it's dividing so much stuff. And a lot of the division is because Tony Khan won't just come out and just tell us what's going on. Like, I, I I understand to a degree of like not wanting stuff out there. But if that's the case, stop doing interviews. Stop going on shows like Ariel Hawani's show. Like Ariel Hawani, I get why people love him, why people hate him. I'm a longtime Ariel Hawani fan. I watched him before he ever blew up. I watched his Kurt Angle interview in like 2007 or whatever it was. Like, big Ariel Hawani fan. And even he has said... Like the most, he's been doing this for 20 years or whatever. He he said that the most frustrating interview he's like ever done was Tony Khan. Because Tony Khan came on and he was asking questions and Tony wouldn't answer anything. And it's like, stop doing press conferences, stop doing calls, stop doing, unless you're going to actually explain what's happening. Because at this point, I think the fan base deserves to know what's happening. Did CM Punk start this fight? Did he throw the first punch? Because if not, I would like to know that. Because that completely changes my opinion and the things I'm going to say about this stuff. But like when we're left in the dark and I already have 20 years worth of preconceived feelings on CM Punk and a dislike for him already because of his track record, when I see stuff like this, I'm automatically going to be like, oh, here we go again. This is probably CM Punk's fault again. But I don't know for sure because no one will actually just tell us what the hell is happening. So please, Tony Khan, somebody at AEW, just finally explain to us what happened. You know, so... We don't have to, you don't have to go into all the all out stuff from last year with Raw. Tell us what, what happened this weekend? What happened? And, and if, and if CM Punk is not going to be on the show and if you, and if Jack Perry is not going to be on the show, don't you think the fans who bought tickets and stuff need to know why they're not there? You know, like it's, it, and is he doing, is he doing a conference tomorrow? No, it's today at two o'clock. Oh, today at two o'clock? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So today, but today at two o'clock, but here's the thing. He needs, he needs to answer those questions. He can't go on this call at two o'clock and be like, all right, guys, I'm really looking forward to a big show this weekend, all out in Chicago. Um, but, you know, we will not be answering anything that has to do with all in anything that has to do with CM Punk anything that has to do with Jack Perry. Cause then what's the point of the call? Cause it's the, it's the big elephant in the room. So let me ask you, Jeremy, before I keep going off on this, do you think like, is the intention of this call today to explain these things? Or do you think Tony Khan just going to hype all out? No, it's he does these media calls before every big show. The, this media call is right. nothing new. It, it's again they they did one last week before All In to to hype All In. I imagine Tony will address it. He did at the press conference for All In. He opened the press conference of saying there there was an incident. We're investigating it. That's it. He didn't name who. He didn't go any further. That's it. Yeah, Wyatt Allblood said he'll start the media call by stating that he can't comment. That's right. what. I expect, I expect like, you know, there's still an incident there. It's still under investigation. I don't know how long these investigations take. The last one took months. Apparently this one, it seems like it's going to at least take a week. So that's what I expect. I don't expect anything else. If I get anything more great, but I don't expect anything else. Otherwise it'll just be like a lot of changes were had to be made. We're doing the best. I'm very happy to have this, 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 and this. On there, that's typically how these Tony media calls go. I'm very used to them. I'm very used to not only the calls with the press conferences, the interviews on on local stations and everything. 
but I don't expect anything else. Do I think he should give a little bit more? In some instances, yes. I don't need full-on details, transparency with this stuff. Look, I think it'd be great. I think it would solve a lot of issues, honestly, if Tony was more transparent with all of this. But I understand you don't want to necessarily just throw everybody under the bus. I think the transparency almost needs to be more when it comes to the television side of things. And this was something that frustrated me after all out last year. And it's probably frustrating for fans now is okay. Why are the elite gone? Why is CM Punk gone for a television viewer? When it's just like, we're stripping you of the titles. Like, huh? And like, we know what's going on because we see this stuff. I've talked to people who don't follow the online stuff. They just watch the television product. And when I asked them, like, did you get this? Like, no, Tony is just like, we're, they're stripped. And it was like, well, what happened? And then they Google and they have to go online and actually like they find out what happens. Like, oh, well, that's an unfortunate thing. And I don't think that's good. I think it's better if you just come out and say like, hey, like on television, hey, like CM Punk, not going to be there. Here's kind of something happened. We're looking into it. Even if you can kind of give a no comment on television, explain it in some way, whatever it might be, write them off in some way. I don't even care if you shoot an angle, you have Ricky Starks come out there and call CM Punk a bitch and be like, he ain't showing up in Chicago. He got himself banned. I don't care, but give me some, and maybe Ricky's going to do this on Saturday, but give me some explanation as to why you were doing these things on television. So I don't feel insulted as a television viewer. Right. Well, I, I completely agree with that. And I also think that like coming like this weekend coming up, because is it you're going to keep me in the loop? Is it confirmed that that Punk and Perry are suspended? Hey, so here's the thing about reported and confirmed is it's not confirmed unless the people involved or the company right. say this. When a reporter says it's been confirmed. If the reporter is saying that, that's still a report. This is what I try to tell a lot of people. Like Sports Illustrated confirmed. Sports Illustrated, unless they got it directly from an AEW person or directly from CM Punk, even then it's not confirmed unless the people involved confirm it. Well, I I guess my my question was more so because I haven't been able to follow it super closely like the last like handful of hours like this morning or anything. I'd I'd seen the reports, but I didn't know if it like at this point had been confirmed or not. So it's... It's very heavily reported, but AEW, of course, hasn't said anything. Perry hasn't said anything. Punk hasn't said anything. And until they do, it's not confirmed. Uh, I do Mm want to answer this question. Should TK address the reported argument he had with Punk before the Jack Perry thing? If he is asked, which I assume he will be asked on this media call, then yes. Will he? Will he? I expect a no comment from Tony on literally anything and everything. That's... That's what I have learned from my years of covering Tony Khan is chances are in these situations, he's not going to comment on it. Should he, should he say that like, yeah, something happened. If something happened, yes. If, if nothing happened, if it was just like, uh, you know, I spoke with punk, we tried to work things out, whatever it might be. I don't know, but should he comment on it? Yeah. In some way, whatever that comment is, I expect the, the minimum of a no comment. Well, and the reason I bring that up is because <clears throat> let's like let's say that they are suspended, okay? Let's just hypothetically speaking, they're suspended. They're not going to work all in, or sorry, all out. And and I don't know if Jack Perry was figured into all out plans or not. If he was going to be like on like a pre show or bro, bro, battle royal or something, I, yeah, who knows? 
but Punk was probably going to be the main event of the show. I mean, it was in Chicago. He's a massive part of like this whole thing in that market. Now, granted, AEW was very successful in Chicago before CM Punk ever got there, which we need to keep in mind too. But at this point, it's been infiltrated where it's like, it's a big mixture of both. And if CM Punk's not at the show, once again, that's why I think it's important Tony Khan <clears throat> explain something to someone. Because imagine if you bought tickets or you were traveling to Chicago specifically to see CM Punk in his home base of, you know, for all out. And now he's not on the show and you have no reason, or it could be like your friends you're talking about. You could be a casual viewer live in the Chicago area, you're a CM Punk families in WWE. You don't really keep up with it a lot now, but you got a whole lot of hype because you and your, you know, your buddies are telling you, you got to go to the show with them, you know, and you only go and force CM Punk in Chicago. And then he's not there. You're like, what was that? Yeah. I was told he was going to be here. And why isn't he here? You know? So like, I, I that's why I think it's important that at this point, it, it, it's different if it's an isolated incident, you can kind of like, and there was a good comment in here. Um, pull this up by why solo solo bull i saw um yeah. it says um something to consider AEW has um oh wait sorry I, this was the wrong one um he said something earlier i'm sorry i'm getting we're getting a lot of comments i'm missing the ones that there were there was a comment i saw earlier about um oh geez i gotta find it it was a good it made sense i think it was by the same guy oh it's all right um well we'll circle back around if we have to to that um but basically, they were saying that like AEW, that they've never really talked about this stuff publicly, anyways. Like they usually don't talk about this kind of stuff, and I get that. But like, I don't know. Once again, if it was a one-time thing, that's different. But this is like a it's just a recurring thing. And hey, listen, if this is all Jack Perry's fault, I want to know also. This isn't like a like a me wanting to attack CM Punk thing. But the reason I kind of am is because. If this, if anything happened backstage, because what's so cruddy about this too is you have two completely different reports. You have you have reports of people saying that CM Punk swung first. You have people saying that CM Punk didn't swing at all. You have people saying that CM Punk that Jack Perry uh, shrugged him or that the pie faced him or whatever. There's reports that CM Punk didn't want to do anything and wanted to neutralize the situation because he's quote unquote a trained fighter, which is true by the way. I know people hear that and they're like UFC. CM Punk, even though his UFC run was a complete joke, he did train. He did, and he still does. I mean, with Duke Rufus in Rufus Sport, with the Pettis brothers, I mean, with great fighters. Like, he's just because he isn't good at MMA doesn't mean he actually he hasn't been actively training for years and years and years for this. I mean, he's much more of a trained fighter than anyone else in the company, for sure. So the whole thing's just very weird. Because also, there's a, there's a layer to this, too, with me just like as a fan of martial arts of like i don't like the idea of somebody like cm punk not even specifically him but just anybody who has like extensive mma training of any kind the real badasses out there are the guys that you don't you never hear about this stuff right like the real badasses are the guys who go to the gym they get their workouts in they get their sparring in they do they do their their cardio and all this stuff and they leave and they're just confident and like they just know they can handle themselves if it came down to it, if they had to protect their family. But you would never know in everyday life. CM Punk's the kind of guy who like projects that he's tough. Like it's like he needs to prove his toughness. Like it's like it's this strange thing. Like he got the UFC thing didn't go well, and now he's like fighting people backstage at wrestling shows. It's like it's very. It's not all. It's not all correlated, but it's very. It's a very strange look. It's very strange. Like you don't really hear about. 
when, and when you like you occasionally you hear about a ufc fighter like punching someone in public like conor mcgregor or something like that guy's off the rails and you you hear all about it but you rarely ever hear about like high level mma fighters that are like fighting civilians or people that don't have training and it's like it's happening with cm punk over and over again you know it's just it's just it's weird it's a weird look and he's in his 40s it's just weird um so jack perry is young still he has he has he has room to mess up and once again he's an AEW day one guy there's probably resentment there from some of those guys that started this company that put this company on their back that are pillars of this company that believed in this company from day one and then cm punk sat sat at home for multiple years straight and was like i don't know about this and then once he saw how successful the company was, he jumped on and then they gave him everything. They made it all about CM Punk. They gave him the title multiple times. They, they gave him his own show. What happens to Collision, by the way? What if CM Punk's done with AEW? Let's say, let's say the, the bridge can't be, can't be, because uh, I, I honestly believe if they, if they suspend CM Punk through All Out, CM Punk will not come back. I think even in his own mind, like he won't want to come back if they don't put him on that show. So let's assume CM Punk doesn't come back. Like, what do you do with Collision? Like, that was his build, whole show. I'd build it around Jay White and Ricky Starks. Like, it yeah. should be in the first place. Put Moxley on it or something. Like, yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, but but no, I, no, but but that's the thing, right? But that's the thing is, like, there's so much on the line. You've invested so much in this guy who was a ticking time bomb this entire time. Like, I was saying before he even returned this time, I was like, watch out for this. Like, it's going to happen again. And here we are again. I don't I don't want to fully absolve Jack Perry of, of anything just because always in his 20s and he's young and whatnot. I will say that his real glass comment as someone who is very inside uh, just on how much I'm online. Um, I think that I thought it was hilarious. I was like, ha, I see what you did there, Jack. I completely understand him doing it, too, because he's kind of learned that hey these little petty wink and nod shots are are fine right like the bucks and omega did it in chicago when they returned um you know punk calling out hangman after he broke his foot and doing the whole coward shit promo like everyone does this kind of stuff does the wink and nod little little shot that you either get or you don't get as a fan so i didn't have an issue with it. I think when you're CM Punk in this scenario, and I said this yesterday, it's like sometimes you just gotta let these people make their own mistakes. If you want this dude to go, or if this guy wants to go through real glass, instead of saying something, you tried. You tried to say something, you tried to police it. He got he got the spot approved, right? He got it approved. And then so it was clear that okay, fine. So he went through the the real glass and then if you're CM Punk, just be like, cool. I hope you learned a lesson off of this. Day. I go through real glass. Not that, like, did that make it better? Maybe. But like, I hope you learned a lesson. Now, if Perry goes backstage and is like, real glass, like you got something to say type of thing. If you're Punk, you kind, you kind of just got to be a bigger person and just be like, nope, got nothing to say. Like, hope, hope you enjoyed that. I got my match to do. Let's move on. And that's somebody's got to be a bigger person here. Yeah. That's honestly what it comes down to. And this goes for everybody in the locker room, every, everybody in life. When there's situations like this, somebody has to be an adult. And whether it's a 
one side or the other, or even a mediate, uh, a, mi- a middle person. I can't say that word. I'm not good with words. Um, or even if it's a middle person, somebody has got to be an adult when it comes to this stuff and either say nothing or try to figure it out and have a conversation like an adult that doesn't escalate into physicality. Sure. I agree. And I, I would, I think both guys need to be adults because they both are adults, but at the same time, CM Punk is making a ton of money. He's a 20 year veteran or whatever of this, at this point, he like, I, I feel like he needs to be the bigger guy in that situation. I mean, I think they both do, but, but I also don't, we also, this is what sucks. We don't know for sure what happened. So I could be totally wrong about a lot of this and that, that would really suck. But like, it is one of those things. It's just like, I don't know why. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, And Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. CM Punk gets so riled up about it because I think that I don't, I honestly don't think CM Punk's there to help AEW. I think that CM Punk likes to talk about that. Like he likes to make it, people think that, that he's there to help AEW. I think in his own mind, he's there to make money. And I think he does have his handful of guys that he has handpicked that he wants to help. Like, I think there's guys like Darby, like Will Hobbs, like Ricky Starks. There are certain guys that I think Punk has handpicked that he's like, okay, these are the guys that I want to help, but kind of screw everyone else. And that's just kind of, that's the vibe that I get off it. He has his guys that he has his, I mean, he basically handpicked his roster for for his own show. And it's his colliders. Yeah, right. <laughs> And they're the guys that they go out with, you know, after the shows, you know, all this stuff happens. You still see pictures of him, you know, going out to get ice cream with the House of Black after the show and stuff like that. So, I mean, it just is what it is. It sucks that this has divided the locker room and the fan base so much. It sucks that coming off of the biggest wrestling show in history, we're talking about backstage stuff with CM Punk again. And once again, the Jack Perry stuff, I, did, I honestly didn't think it was that big of a deal. I really didn't. But like, it, but I think you have to suspend both. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're going to suspend one, you have to suspend the other. Personally speaking, I think Tony, this is time for Tony Khan to, uh, to finally pull a big dick move and like actually lay the, light, the, the law down a little bit and like make it known that he can't be messed with like this anymore. But at the same time, it's a very bad business decision and not have CM Punk on All Out in Chicago. So like it's, he's this is this is a real this is like a 
this is like a real pivotal moment in my opinion for like AEW and uh for AEW and uh this kind of Tony Khan is a boss honestly like I think he needs this decision is going to be a big decision because it could really make or break CM Punk staying there or not a lot of goodwill or bad will with the fan base especially in Chicago I don't know uh, what would you do, Jeremy? Like, if it was up to you, like, would you would you suspend Punk through all out and hope that he was cool with coming back, or do you suspend Punk thinking like, if I do this, he might never return? Do you do you not care at this point? You're just like, juice isn't worth the squeeze. AEW is fine with or without him. Um, do you do nothing and you just say like, you know what, screw it. Like, this is the wrestling business. Stuff like this happens, and all out's too big of a show to to not have him on. My buddy Samer had a comment that I fully support is. Let him just wrestle in Chicago only. They go to Chicago one month, once a month anyway. Like he's suspended for all the away games, but in Chicago he can wrestle. So have him on All Out. Have him on the Thanksgiving show, whatever the next show they are is in Chicago. But uh, anytime they're outside of Chicago, he is suspended. I would, I would have to suspend him at least through All Out, and then oh, Eddie Kingston uh, reportedly got two weeks for a pie face. He pie-faced Guevara and reportedly got two weeks for that. There was reportedly a pie face here, maybe more. It's a second strike anyway for Punk because of everything that happened last year. I think it would have to be suspended. And I do think he is suspended unless something changes because I would think you would want to announce a CM Punk match more than a day before. Right. I, I think you would want to make that that announcement in, in some way. And look, maybe they were going to wait until Saturday's collision to make the announcement that he was going to face Ricky anyway, because Ricky was on the show last night. I don't know if he was scheduled for it. Punk was never on the sh- scheduled for the show last night. One, because it's dynamite and he doesn't work a ton of dynamites. Two, he was always going to be in Vegas for Cauliflower Alley Club accepting an award. So unless they did like a, a pre-tape thing on that. Um but yeah, I think you would have to suspend him and what that leads to, I don't know when it comes when it comes to Punk. I don't know how he reacts to all of that. If he wants, okay, well then release me. If the report was true of that, like he wanted to quit and he threatened to quit before the show and everything, then it's not worth it anymore. I will say the tickets for this week ain't the best when it comes to, to All Out. I'm looking at this card. And again, this is me as a, as a television viewer not me as an insider i'm looking at this card i assume did i lose jeremy all right yep i'm back okay oh sorry all right no no you're fine i'm looking at this card as a television viewer and i'm like it's not the greatest there's matches that that look good on paper i'm I with no you though doubt. it's not it's, it's underwhelming on paper i'll i'll agree 100 percent I have no doubt it's going to be a great show in the ring because all these guys are very good professional wrestlers. And I've said this many times. It's like you can pick names out of a hat on the AEW or the WWE roster and be like, here, go put on a great pay-per-view. And they will. They will because everybody nowadays is just that good of a professional wrestler. But when I'm looking at like investment, like oh, Samoa Joe, Shane Taylor, cool match. I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. I don't have much investment in it. Like, I, I'm not invested in a lot of these matches. Orange Cassidy cut a great promo last night. He I did. love that go home promo. That should be the main event. I assume at this point it will. I think it is be the be the main event. The rest of this card, I'm just like, eh, like 
it feels like something I can watch weekly on Dynamite. And you know, like when you have all in that they just did, you have all out this week, you have Grand Slam, where I'm getting a world title match at Grand Slam after this tournament ends. That's a free show. I'm getting a world title match for free. And I'm asking to be paid for MJF and Adam Cole, the two hottest acts in the company right now. They're defending their ROH tag team titles against a team that will be decided on a taped C-show in a battle royal. Like that That's how I'm going to utilize the right. two hottest acts in the company right now for, for this pay-per-view. Weird. And then you now got Wrestle Dream in October. You're running basically four big events, three legitimate pay-per-views, and one Dynamite that they build as a pay-per-view. You're running four events in five weeks that you need big matches for. And yeah, in that case, something's got to suffer. It, well, like something does when you put them together like that typically something's got to suffer and in this case all out is seemingly what is going to suffer and yeah. this is a scheduling decision that probably could have been avoided and i hope i really hope next year and i don't know if they will because tony's big on tradition i hope they try to avoid some of this stuff next year but the the talent ro- the roster ain't the problem there's plenty of good talent like you can't give me a good hangman page match on this show, but they probably didn't think about anything about Hangman Page because it's like, well, Chicago, all we don't, we're not going to need them for this show. I see Jeff Valley Driver saying, well, it's because Punk shot the bed. In some instances, yes, yes, I understand that that Punk was going to probably be a focal point of this show, but I don't know how much he screwed up in terms of plans and what that forced to rearrange. And regardless you're still making the choice to book five big shows or four big shows in the span of five weeks. When you do that, some stuff is just going to be left. Uh, you're just not going to have time for everything. And you're not going to have time to make everything feel like the, the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right about all of that. I mean, like just looking at the all out card, like Luchasaurus for star beyond, I think will be good, but I'm not like super, super invested in it. Cause I'm actually more invested in like Darby and sting as a team at the moment. Anyways, um, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs, I really have no interest in. I think it's going to be, an, it might be a decent match, though. It's not like I hate both guys. I just don't really care that much about it. Chris Statlander, uh, they, in my opinion, have done a bad job since she's won the TBS championship. Like, she should have been, like, way more heavily featured since then. And I'm really not looking forward to her versus Ruby that much. Although, like, I think the match will be solid. But, like, I feel like Chris Statlander should be presented way better at this point. Um, and then, like, the rest of this stuff, like, I mean, you, you, spoiler alert, like, do you know who the ROH tag team is going to be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't do. want to say it out loud in case people don't want spoilers, but um, we know who that's going to be. And I think it's going to be a solid match. But once again, like, you'd expect MJF, the, the world champion of the company, to, like, to defend the title at all out, but he's not. Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor is random. I like Shane Taylor. Um, you know, I love Samoa Joe, but like, no build whatsoever. Kingston and Shibata versus Blackpool Combat Club is a really cool matchup. But once again, kind of random omega versus Takeshita has a lot of build but like i'd imagine this is the first of many matches we'll get to them in orange cassidy and moxley's the match has been by far built the best and i agree that probably should be the main event but even on paper that still looks underwhelming where you're like damn like no aw world title match mjf's not in the main event no cm punk in chicago um i love orange cassidy i love john moxley nothing but love for both of those guys but like I have, I have to imagine this wasn't the original choice for the main event until probably this week happened. Um, you got like a Bullet Club match versus the Young Bucks match versus FTR. Or sorry, FTR and the Young Bucks versus Bullet Club. So 
Um, so, I mean, that's the card for All Out. You know, there's not a whole lot to really talk about because some of the stuff has no build whatsoever. A lot of it's pretty random. Um, but like you said, I mean, they, their talent's so stacked that, like, they're going to put on great matches. I'm still going to buy the pay-per-view, obviously. I'm still going to watch it. But, um, yeah, I think between them booking all these shows so close together and the Punk and Perry stuff happening, and so just the, the timing was terrible. And they're probably trying to play a lot of catch-up and figure things out on the fly. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of rough, kind of a rough time period. It's like, it's like the best period and the worst period. It's very weird. They just put on the best show of all time, but now they're having to deal with like scrambling for this pay-per-view this weekend. So. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Riddler says all it isn't going to have the top men's women's and tag titles on the card. Yeah. We don't know about the women's yet. There, there is a match between, there's a trios match between, um, Soraya, Tony, and Ruby, even though they're not friends anymore because of what Tony said, but now they're going to team on collision. That was kind of strange. Um, against Stat, Britt, and Sheeta. Maybe they they get a women's match out of that because Soraya is at least in, involved in that match. They can somehow maybe I don't know if she loses, if if uh uh Tony loses and then the winner gets a, a title shot out, but maybe I don't I'm not fully gonna write off um they're not being a women's title match. But I think there will be. I might, I'm guessing that they're going to add a women's oh, title match. Yeah, I, I kind of, I think they should because, you know, Tony mentioned at All In, like, oh, you know, we couldn't have more women's matches because, you know, we look at all the stars we left off and then he named Hobbs and Miro and he said, like, you know, they're wrestling next week. And now we're at All Out and it's like, are you just going to do one women's match again after you just gave them one women's match at All In? Like, it... I think you need a second women's match. And you got all the other ROH champions on this show. Where's Athena, who is the best women's champion, honestly. And I would like Athena on this card in, in some aspect. So, uh, yeah, I think there will be another another women's match. I thought Chris was going against Ruby. That's at the, the pay-per-view. There's a trio's yeah. women's match at Collision. Um, but, yeah, there's the only the one's women's match right now for the pay-per-view and i don't know if there's any truth to soraya being sick i assume so i don't know why you would lie about that but yeah yeah so, I'm with, so yeah i mean that's kind of a that's probably a good stopping point on aw this week like to to move on to other topics like unless there's anything else you want to cover with this because i i mean i just kind of how i feel at this point is like i i wish this stuff would not happen at all but it's just a continuing thing i mean you know, I've been saying it for a long time. I don't want to sound like a broken record. Y'all know how I feel about all this. It's just kind of the same old thing again, same old Phil, but you know, it, it just is what it is. And once again, I know he's got a lot of fans that are going to ride or die with him no matter what. And there's a lot of people that feel like he's completely in the right, that all he's doing is defending himself. And I get where they're coming from. I just don't agree. Um. So anyways, I, uh, we do, do, yeah, go ahead. We do, we do have a super chat that I want to make oh, sure great. to read. Uh, Punk destroyed my fandom for him at this point from Glassdoor Gamer. Hey, I mean, I, I've seen a few Punk fans say that. It's like, it gets tough to defend this guy after all of this stuff. And I, I get it. I do. Like, he is the centerpiece of all of this. And it, he's been the centerpiece for a while now when it comes to this. And it's unfortunate because as a performer... I love him. I, I his on screen stuff's been great. Yeah, the Samoa Joe match was one of my favorite matches yeah. at All In. Like that match sure. was fantastic. Sure, no, I agree. Pepsi Plunge was badass. It was great. Like his 
his stuff with MJF was fantastic. His stuff with Darby was great. His stuff with Kingston was great. I mean, there's like, there's his actual, that's what's so frustrating. It's like, I really am over the guy as a human being. It's, it's so different. It's like the opposite of like the Bray stuff I was talking about at the top of the show. Like, I like CM Punk's on-screen professional wrestling character, but the person behind it backstage is what soured me on it. Bray was the opposite. We're like, I loved Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, the human being. I just didn't like the fiend character and stuff. It was like, the, it's like flipped. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's frustrating, dude. Cause like, obviously, whatever, I, I don't want to keep going down the same, the same stuff. You know, I hope that Jack Perry's back soon. I hope they figure things out with CM Punk to whatever works best for everybody involved. I just, my, my prediction is that we've seen CM Punk wrestle his last match in AEW, unless something drastically changes this week and they get him on the all out card. Well, I'm sure Tony Khan may or may not have more uh, in about three and a half hours from now. I'm bad at math. Two o'clock. Two o'clock Eastern is when this uh, media call is. And if you follow any media person, I'm sure there will be plenty of, of stuff being tweeted about it. And you'll see plenty of coverage on it. So there you go. Two o'clock. Maybe we'll get an answer too. All right. Let's uh, move on to our WWE spotlight. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Jensen, your new favorite wrestler, The Miz, came out on Monday uh, with the LA Night theme. So it was the biggest pop of Miz's career. And then he went on to, well, he looked exactly like LA Night. He sounded exactly like LA Night. He cut a great LA Night promo. I thought this was excellent. But I know you've been very excited to talk about this. So praise the Miz, Steven Jensen. Yeah, I was looking for, I can't, I was trying to throw up by my hat. I can't, if I got one of those old be, be good, be bad, be Miz hats, I was about to throw on from back when he was on the, the real world and the challenge and stuff back in the day. But uh, no, I've always been a Miz fan. I've always, I've always respected the Miz. I, I've always thought it was really cool that he, like on the real world, he would the whole Miz character. For people who don't remember, it was he would just get really drunk and carry around this like plastic children's replica WWF title belt and like dropkick tra- like trash cans and stuff. And um, and then he like went, started like being really successful in the challenges and stuff, and like won a bunch of money and used that money to enroll in UPW in wrestling school. And then became like, he always, the end game in getting into reality TV was always to become a WWE superstar for him. And he, and it worked. Like he actually used the fame in reality TV to become a wrestler. I, 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 I respect that. Um, oh yeah. People say team Coral forever, forever. That was dude. The Miz did not start off on the right foot with the, with, with people for sure. He had, he has made a complete. Anyway, that was what, the, what was so great about the real world back in the day too, is that, since people were so less connected and like there was no like internet and all this social media and stuff, a lot of these people that they put in the house legitimately, it was like the first time they had left their hometown or like seen people of like certain backgrounds or certain sexual orientations and stuff. The Miz came in and like was super ignorant when he came into the real world, but obviously a lot in team Coral for, yeah, Coral, Coral. I'll never forget that first meal that it was like Coral. And I think his name was Malik, the the other roommate. I could be wrong, but they, they, he had lunch with them and it was awkward as hell. He, he made an ass out of himself, but this was also 25 years ago. I mean, this is a long time ago. Um, anyways, that said, the Miz is a totally different human being nowadays for sure. And 
Um, he's one of those, he was even a totally different person by the time the real world ended, just of like a few months later. But anyways, my whole point with all of this is I'm a day one Miz fan. And I think that, I shouldn't say day one Miz fan. I'm a Miz fan once I realized he was a pro wrestling fan and he started acting like a pro wrestler. Um, Miz came out on Monday and did exactly what I've been, like the promo I've been cutting over and over and over again. He did literally the same exact thing. All the points that I've been making, he did for me. Like just went out there and just blurted, yeah, a bunch, blurted his catchphrase out. And literally talked about how anybody could do what he's doing right now. I honestly, and I know people are going to see this, think I'm trolling. The Miz legitimately does LA Knight better than LA Knight. <laughs> like, like the, like the, the, the generic, just what, what LA Knight is and everything that makes me like, how is this happening? How is he so over? Miz proved literally anybody can do it. I've proved anyone can do it. Um, that said, Shout out LA Knight. He's continuing to be over. And listen, he has he has cut some promos in recent weeks that are that are more than just the yeah, you know, like he the he's, Friday promo was was really good, especially you know, he was trying to pay tribute to Bray Wyatt. As right. Well. I like I that. that. He told him, told him to run at the end of the promo and stuff. Like, no, that was it was, it was. And so I'm I'm part of me is like just reaffirming, like, listen, I'm not crazy. Even the Miz is literally saying exactly what I've been saying. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit here and just trash L.A. Knight every week because I don't, once again, I do not hate the human being behind L.A. Knight. I, I, I am a bit baffled as to how this has happened and he's so over. But I've also lived through so many of these things. But it, it's the, it's the, it's the storyline, which is so wild to me, is like what I've been saying, where I'm like, this is like Rusev Day to me. You know, like this is, this is just like a, you know, it just doesn't, it does seem like a flash in the pan, but because they're addressing it in that way, it leads me to believe that WWE sees more than that in LA Knight. I don't think they'd come out on screen and say this stuff about him if there wasn't plans for him to win this feud and then to go on and like not be a flash in the pan, you know? So I think all of this honestly is good for LA Knight, like the, this whole feud and story. Cause I, once again, I'm assuming he's going to beat the Miz in their, their blow off match. And you know, go on to bigger things again. But what I don't like about the stuff that LA Knight's saying about The Miz is how he calls him like a never was and all this stuff. That's not true. The Miz main evented WrestleMania. Y'all, you can you can rip on how he main evented or who was in the match and who who was really all about and all that stuff. At the end of the day, The Miz main evented WrestleMania 27. He beat John Cena. The Rock was involved. And he's been a staple in the WWE for, I mean, since like 2000 seven or eight or something i mean he's been around a really long time the miz so like i feel like if you're la knight and you're brand new you've been in wrestling for 20 years and you're just now finding your 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 spot in the wwe that works for you i feel like you can't you have no room to be roasting the miz who's been on his level and a multi-time wwe world champion and stuff so is it that you know what i mean it's just it, that's kind of weird to me kind of the, some of the stuff but at the end of the day they're 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 feuding and that's the point they're they're supposed yes. to talk to one another it's, it's, a, wrestling says it's a wrestling right. promo right. yes no, that's, no, that's... no i i i agree i listen i i'm i i'm with you i'm just kind of breaking it down a little bit on more of like a realistic like standpoint i guess where it would make it wouldn't be it'd be weird for me to like go after like sean ross Sapp and be like dude you're never was you're not and he's like what are you talking about like i 
been like on top of this for years. What do you, what do you mean? I've never was just, just because I guess because I want his position, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like I don't, I just think it's a, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like, it's, it's one thing to punch up. Cause like it's better to punch up the punch down for sure. But if you're going to punch up, like it's got to make sense. But at the well, same did. time, he, he said yeah. like, okay, you've made it in WrestleMania, but like no one remembers it. It was the, the I remember it. I was the there a lot. It's a rock and Cena, which is yeah. factual, which is factual. Yeah. But even after that, the Miz won the title again. It was a transitional thing to be fair. It was, it was like recently. Um, he like lost the title to pandemic. like Lashley, like right yeah, away. It was pandemic stuff. Yeah. But anyway, that all said, I like, I, I loved, I love the Miz's thing with LA Knight. I thought he did a great job impersonating him. And also, I thought LA Knight did a good job impersonating the Miz. Yeah, I heard his Miz voice the other week also when he was acting like him, and it was pretty good. So, um, so yeah, that's LA Knight fans out there. I'm not gonna sit here and, and trash the dude. Like I, he he he's over. Keep doing his thing. He, I like I've said before, if I was him and I was hearing me, I would just ignore me. I'd be like, okay, cool, that guy's an idiot. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is working. So, you know, fair enough. I thought Miz's promo and impression was excellent. I thought LA Knight's promo and impression was excellent on Friday. With LA Knight, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week, so I don't rehash everything, but he'd started off the stuff with Bray, and I think everybody did the best they could in that scenario. Um, and then since then, like he was off television for a while, and then he was doing multi-man matches, the ladder match battle royal. So like he just wasn't given time to like sink his teeth into anything so it was just like quick hit insult type of things and he got over with that now he's gotten a more of a meaty feud and like he's done really well with it and so the fact that he's done this well with it then i think that that says that speaks good things for him moving forward and i think they will continue to put a lot of trust in him moving forward and i do suspect he'll win because if he loses the miz ain't beating anybody this year like even miz said it like if you guys aren't going to cheer losers. It's like, well, right. I mean, maybe, but not if you're losing to the Miz. Like, there's only so much adversity you're going through to where I'm going to keep support. You can lose to Roman Reigns after nonsense in the main event of, of WrestleMania, and you can still get cheered. You lose to the Miz at payback after the Miz has won, like, one match all year. Then people might just look at you of like, yeah, this dude's a loser. I got no reason to get invested in him. Yeah, I'm I'm with you with all of that. You know, we talked for weeks about how we needed to see LA Knight go back and forth with someone before we can make like a real uh, gauge on like where he was at. Because it's one thing to just say some stuff and no one like has a comeback. It's a different thing when someone's actually going back and forth with you. He's done well. Um, yeah, people, I, I the the mega star LA Knight. I say I don't get that either because he's not even like he's barely a, whatever. It's a, but but it's listen. a catchphrase gimmick. I, I, yeah. People hear Megastar and they're like, oh, this guy must be important. Right, exactly. And listen, like Spiral Trigger EX, this is this is a good point. Like, quote, I won't trash the man starting now. LOL. Listen, to be fair, I do I do that a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff I do on this show. I don't realize until I'm until it happens where like I really do rip somebody bad, and then I realize like I didn't mean to actually I wanted it to be a bit more balanced. So yeah, no, I uh I'm with you. I could probably be better about that for everybody too. Like try, I'll, I'll try to not rip on somebody so bad before realizing like, Oh, actually I probably need to pull that back a little bit, but, but yeah, this up with LA Knight, it's just, it's just become more of a joke than anything. Like not he, not that he's been a joke, but it's become just like a theme for our show to the point where like, you know, just kind of is what it is now. 
you're yeah. you're the the butt guy jensen's like i don't talk shit about this person but he's kind right. of an asshole <laughs> right well the thing is at the end of the day i really don't want to talk trash about people and i feel really bad and awkward doing it especially when they're people who are doing something that I've never done and like have the guts to like get in the ring and do all the travel and all that stuff. And I'm just sitting here at my house, you know, as a fan, just like talking about it. So I also understand how that can come across too. So I, you know, but at the end of the day, we're here to just be entertaining and give y'all, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for over 30 years. So is Jeremy. Like we just, we just have kind of a different perspective on stuff that, you know, hopefully y'all like yeah, Jensen's to. a hater. And I think everything's hilarious. Uh, I think, yeah. It depends. It depends on what it is for me. But I never take this stuff too seriously. It's, it's the backstage stuff that really gets to me, to be honest. Like, the LA Night stuff is just it's just fun for what it is, because like, I just feel like I'm going crazy, where like, I feel like I don't get what everyone else gets, but that's just a wrestling You are going thing. crazy for that. <laughs> you are. But but then like, the CM Punk stuff is different, because there's like a lot of like, what's actually happening here, and like, it's like real, you know? So... Anyways, I, I hope I hope nothing, nothing was success for LA Knight, honestly. Like, because here's the thing, we're also how I feel about a lot of this stuff and the gimmick and whatnot. I've been saying I'd be I'd be I'd be a hypocrite myself to to be against LA Knight completely because regardless of who winds up being the people that I'm gonna talk about, WWE needs real stars. They need real main event talent. And Roman Reigns has been Roman Reigns has been like by far and away their guy. He is their Cena. He is their Austin. He is their Hogan. Like he is the guy. I think Cody, I've said a thousand times. I think Cody can kind of be their Cena, but he's also like close to 40 LA Knight, close to 40 and stuff. But is but is if LA Knight is a guy who they could elevate to make a bigger star, like they need, they need that. So regardless of who it is, like I was, I wasn't a big John Cena fan until like years after, you know, once it, it wasn't until you started doing really wrong. Huh? Everybody was wrong on John Cena. No, I know. Well, it, it was a different time for sure. It was frustrating watching him beat all of my heroes when I didn't think his talent level was at the talent level of like a Shawn Michaels or like, you know, a Kurt Angle and that kind of stuff. But like Chris Jericho, but like my point is that they need more top stars. And even though at the time I wasn't into the big super Cena push, I'd be similar if they were to push LA Knight right now. I'd be like, damn it, like should have been someone else, like whatever. But at the end of the day, they need they need more top stars. And if LA Knight's over, roll with it, you know? So LA yeah. Knight's over. He works a nice little WWE style, does some minimum stuff that the crowd completely pops for. He's a vet's dream. It's what all these vets talk about going out there, doing your 300 flips just to get a, this is awesome chant. Meanwhile, LA Knight's doing a people's elbow knockoff and people are connecting with him. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Great. John Cena is coming back too. you know, imagine yeah. John Cena, LA Knight. I hope John Cena stamps LA Knight and tells Cody to kick rocks. It's like that Cody guy. He's oh, done. No. Now I'm just trolling you. <laughs> that, 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 that's a troll. That's a troll. Now you're trying to trigger me. <laughs> Cody lost. He lost LA Knight's the guy, baby. Oh, no. LA Knight's the guy. Okay. Okay. Cares about your five-star matches. Crowd connection, baby. Catchphrases. Call and respond. <laughs> that's what we want. That that's that's 
that's sports entertainment. That's right. Five star match people. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. With these five star matches. Uh well, that's all says we'll see in a stay if the, the SAG strike breaks in the middle of his return. I would imagine so because he's committed to these dates and it's all it's also for like make a wish stuff. So I don't think he's gonna because they've like attached that to it, I don't think Cena's gonna be like, Oh, well, got this movie to do. Like I think he'll tell the movie people, movie movies on pause. I gotta finish up my dates with WWE, especially for make a wish kids. So yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, leave the yes in the chat, baby. Look at look at Christian. Oh tempo yeah come on jensen yeah but uh, what's what's more important is this next one from pod driver finisher that says i'm gonna pull this one up says la night merch is one and two above cody who okay we had we had teal roads on the show i believe this is a disputed anyways yeah she heavily implied she wanted that la night have a sister can we get la night's sister on this show we need to I move on like other topics will. or else I'm not going to get through everything. <laughs> uh, listen, we all know how I feel about LA Knight. If I, like I said, if I were him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to me. I'd, I'd continue to do exactly what he's doing because what he's doing is working. Yeah. And the Miz's promo was awesome. I love the Miz. The Miz is awesome. Catchphrase. LA Knight is Elias 2.0. That's another good point. Elias, wow. I completely forgot he existed. Jeez. Anyways. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. We don't need to spend much time on the next WWE topic because we covered it pretty decently last week. But I know there's been a little bit more to the Shinsuke and Raw and stuff. Yeah, Shinsuke and Seth this uh, this Saturday at WWE Payback and Seth came out. He has a little Fiend side play, which I thought was a nice little That's tribute cool. to Bray. Um, and he's like, I want the old Nakamura, the Tokyo Dome NXT Nakamura. And then Nakamura came out and kicked him in the back of the head and he said he's going to break his back he's gonna be the reason why he can't walk his child down the aisle and why becky is questioning why he's walking around the house holding his back and can't do anything can't do the dishes and things like that i'm all on board on shinsuke nakamura winning the title on hell yeah on saturday hell yeah i'm all down dude board. i love shinsuke man like he's my he's my favorite wrestler in the history of new japan wrestling like when he was the New Japan Intercontinental Champion, like he was probably my favorite wrestler in the world for like a while. I love the stuff with him and AJ right before they both left too. Of course, that's just like legendary stuff. But I, I subscribed to New Japan World like pretty much for Shinsuke, um, and that was back when he was doing those crazy entrances, dressed up like the Statue of Liberty and stuff, and like just he was a real showman. But I loved his in-ring style too because it's like the MMA base and stuff that he, he implemented and just being so different and unique and so over and his WWE run has been underwhelming in a lot of ways. I know there's all the jokes about like Shinsuke just wants to surf. He's on his retirement tour and all that stuff. We've talked about it before. The Sami Zayn NXT match was incredible. His debut with, uh, with WWE with NXT was awesome. I was there live also at, uh, the SmackDown when he debuted, uh, when the dude came out with the violin and everything like that was awesome. Uh, the night after WrestleMania 33, I think, um, so maybe 34. I think it was WrestleMania 34, the one in New Orleans. Um, the second one in New Orleans. Anyway, no, I don't think so. He wrestled on that 34. He wrestled AJ. Oh, he wrestled against AJ. You're right. So yeah. it was 33. It was 33 where he came out um, and debuted the night, the SmackDown. Because they used to do SmackDown on Tuesday. That's right. My, my, my thing's all messed up. They, did, they would do Raw after Mania, then they'd tape SmackDown on Tuesday. And that's where I saw the debut of, of Shinsuke on, on SmackDown as well. Anyways, I, I 
he's been real kind of up and down with WWE and stuff, but I I think what they're doing with him right now is perfect. Heel Shinsuke's rules just just have him go out there and just kick Rollins' head off and just Kinshasa's and the whole do his do his thing and just just be weird and be over his music's over the fans whether they they want to cheer him or boo him like yeah dude I'm with and listen if she, if, if if Rollins needs to take any time off for his back or anything anytime soon put the title on Shinsuke I'm fine with that I'm fine with that like I'm I listen Rollins is killing it I'm not taking anything away from Seth Rollins I, you know he is mega over nothing against Seth Rollins but if he does need time off I would be totally fine with Shinsuke being the one to take the title off him for now be weird and be over be, be weird my... and be over yeah yeah that's my new cash for that's my that, that should be a t-shirt we don't have any spotlight merch by the way still everybody i know i've been trying but maybe we can get a t-shirt that, that, that be be weird be over the spotlight <laughs> uh i mean i'm trying as well i can only i don't make you'll need calls. to make 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 some noise on twitter please start tagging people at Fightful and tell them that you you'll want spotlight merchandise i'm gonna be at an ovw show in like a week or so it's like next weekend i might get some interviews with like nick patrick and eric bischoff and stuff potentially but like i got invited out to this thing and they were like hey can you send me your logo for the show and i was like oh yeah i've got a logo and i sent them the the spotlight logo so they you know can like put it on the thing or whatever like guy from the spotlight's gonna be here to interview wrestlers and i was like yeah it'd be cool if i could wear a spotlight shirt to the thing so people knew who i was anyways i'm trying i promise you i am i i don't make i don't that's above my pay grade and i feel like my pay grade is okay but people are still above me jensen sure um i get it anyways um i don't i don't think nakamura is going to win either do i i, <laughs> I kind of think they might do a cash in i kind of think nakamura uh, will destroy rollins and but rollins will pull it off and then priest will cash in that's where i'm kind of leaning on this thing i think it's possible i don't think nakamura is going to win either but i think priest cashing in could could happen on the show but i definitely there was a couple other topics i want to be able to deep dive before the end of the show did you have anything else to to touch on no. with Rollins and nakamura okay cool. i was gonna i was gonna hit the other spotlight here Sweet. we go our product is what it is we're going straight up the middle I'm actually going to talk about NWA. Uh, Kenzie yes. Page won the women's championship. She defeated Camille, and Camille's uh, she had it for over 800 days the, yeah. the women's title. 13, I think. There you go. And then uh, Kenzie Page, yeah, she's uh she's big on the independent scene. I know she's she's big in the area that that you frequent to the southeast scene. So thoughts on Kenzie Page winning the title? Yeah, this was great. So like NWA 75 in general, I watched both nights of the of the shows. Um, not the best wrestling pay-per-views, right? I get that. And there's certain stuff we don't really need to talk about, but I, but it, you know, it is worth mentioning that like most of the titles changed and there are some people that like y'all don't like that. I don't think are going to really be around really much going forward and stuff. So maybe things are going in the right direction for the NWA in some ways. And one of those ways is Kenzie Page being the NWA women's champion, because Kenzie Page, she's been the new South champion. Like she wrestles people of all genders. She's super, super talented. Um, really close with Hunter Drake, who we've interviewed on the show. Um, Kenzie rules, man. And I, I don't know if it's like, was this like a gut feeling or this weird notion or what, but I was like accidentally talking about how I thought Kenzie Page was wrestling Camille on night two for like weeks. I, I don't know if, I, if maybe something leaked and I read it or I don't know, but I had this feeling that Kenzie Page was going to be wrestling Camille. And the way that they did it all was interesting. And I don't necessarily like all of it, but 
you know, Maxi Impaler beat um, beat Kenzie on night one to win the the women's TV title. Um, shout out to Max, you know, good for them for sure for winning that title. Um, but I never loved the idea of like a mid card champion losing then immediately becoming the world champion. But the way they did it with the Mildred Invitational, like Kenzie earned her way back into the number one contender spot. So, and then also because of who it was, like, listen, Camille had a great run with the title over 800 days. They had built Natalia Markova, in my opinion, really well to potentially beat her on night one. And I liked their match a lot. I thought they probably had the best match of night one. And I think that if it wasn't going to be Markova and they were ready for, for Kenzie, like Camille's time was, was had to be up soon. Cause there just wasn't anything left for her to do with that title. She had, she had, they had stretched, stretched that thing out to where like, just, you know, and Kenzie's the right person. Like Kenzie's super, super talented. So if you're not familiar with Kenzie and also pretty empowered, her tag team, the whole stable is champions now because pretty empowered won the tag titles as well. So like I would, this is mainly spotlighted to let people know Kenzie page is great. And you can see her all over the independent scene. And if you don't watch the NWA, I understand, but there is some really good talent on those shows, especially when it comes to some of those women that, you know, especially now, right now, there's a lot of talk, especially with AEW about, you know, their pay-per-views, not having enough women's talent and this kind of stuff. And <clears throat> I agree with that, right? I, I get what, where everyone's coming from with that. But man, if you're a fan of, of women's wrestling, I get you shouldn't have to, you should also see it on AEW. I get that. But there's some, been some great women's talent in NWA. There was just uh, Deanna Peraza versus Trinity on Impact. They just main evented at Emergence. Like there, there's a lot. WWE is a ton of great women's talent often. You know, I get the frustrations with AEW and the women. I totally do. But like, if you're a fan of, of women's wrestling, go go watch Camille versus Kenzie Page. Go watch Camille versus Natalia Markova. Like watch Trinity versus Deanna Peraza. Watch Killer Kelly and Marshall Slamovich as the tag team in Impact. Like, there's there's a lot of great women out there that you, you that you can watch right now. Um, and Kenzie Page is one of them. So so congratulations to Kenzie for becoming the NWA World, World Women's Champion and dethroning Camille. And congratulations to Camille on the growth that she made. I mean, she's she's tremendously improved in that 813 days as champion. So a uh, win all the way around. Great title reign. The prestige of the title belt is an all-time high. They have a new champion that deserves the belt. Good stuff all the way around, in my opinion. I'm very interested in what happens with Camille next because she said, like, she's kind of done everything and it might be time to, to move on. Yeah. You watch her from like the winning the title to now you can barely do a spear could barely get the spear. You know, I mean, you can, yeah, you can see the, the absolute growth that, that she's had. The presence was always there. The look was always there. Now she's been able to, to improve and back it up more in the ring. And I think, I don't know what she does next, but I think she can be a player for, for a company wherever she decides to go, if it is moving on from NWA. And I was very excited and happy for, for Kenzie Page as well. I would like to get her on the show and, uh, you know, have a, have a talk with her because I know she's very that. big on the Okay. I know she yep. does a lot on the indies as well. And now, you know, being an NWA champion, um, even though we've banned certain parts of NWA from here, I will, when there is good talent and when there are good things happening in the company and there are good people do, uh, you know, helping boost these good things. I have no problem talking about that. It's the other people that I don't want to talk about. Understood. Understood. I will say the, the big dream match for Camille for me is Jade Cargill. I, I think eventually the two of them would be money. 
I'd like to see just Jade Cargill back at all. Right. Like, <laughs> I was very disappointed. I know she's away, but like her not getting a superstar entrance at all in, like that could have been huge. That's an cool. absolute star right there. Here's the twist. I think that that match may not happen for a few more years, and it will be when Camille's way better and Jade's way better, and it'll happen in the WWE. Okay. Look at this bold prediction from Steven Jensen. Uh, the other other spotlight is the Rascals winning the Impact Tag Team championships they defeated uh subculture flash morgan webster mark andrews and so yes uh zachary wentz and trey miguel are now the impact tag team champions and the impact emergence so was was good start to finish <clears throat> i think this was definitely the the standout match on the show though yeah yeah i agree and you know shout out to the rascals <clears throat> excuse me i know trey miguel has a world title match coming up with alex shelley i believe that's happening at the 1000 show yeah impact 1000 yeah um and Wentz, you know, I don't want to get into all this, but like the Wentz stuff, I do, I, I get the bad look that came along with a lot of this stuff, but at the same time, like I'm of the people that should be the most offended over a lot of this stuff. And like, I'm not, and there's been a lot of people that like have vouched for Wentz that I really trust and are very close to him and stuff. And it's one of those things where like, the the one situation was very very strange to me how he how he exited in, in, in NXT and but like he he's rebounded fantastically like his his run and impact right now I think has been great him and Miguel together is great anything they can do more with the Rascals collectively I hope they can get Myron Reed involved more with those guys as well especially in you know Dez is doing great in NXT so like I've always been a fan of those guys as the Rascals a lot um, and it's good to see it's good to see the rascals thriving as a tag team. And also it opens it up. Cause once again, that's what's so cool about Alex Shelley being the world champion for impact. Cause you always have him and Saban right there with so many options as a tag team or singles guys, same exact thing for Miguel and Wentz as a tag team or singles guys, you can run multiple versions of the rascals versus motor city and all this stuff. And um, so um, yeah, that's really the main reason I want to spotlight. It was more, was first off, cause I'm a big fan of the rascals and I just want success for those guys in general. And also, um yeah it's good to see i i get i get there's always going to be two sides to everything and people are going to have opinions and stuff i get all that but from my own personal opinion i do like seeing that zachary rents is uh being successful right now because i feel like he got kind of a bad shape when things went down so i, I the match was excellent um rascals make a lot of sense especially i don't believe subculture was actually signed so it, it didn't seem like they were going to have a long run in, in the first place on that but yeah uh great standout match there's a they got a pretty good tag team division going in impact as well uh it looks like maybe callahan and swan might be the next challengers but they also got chris bay and ace austin still still out there if they do bring back um subculture in, in some capacity you can always team motor city i know shelly's the the world champion right now but motor city is is always there even a, a sabin and Kushida team could work they they got some good teams an impact to where you can have a, a solid division built around them uh and the rascals being champion but if you haven't seen impact emergence like that was a that was a really good show on sunday night and i understand people may have missed it because all in was sunday afternoon and by the time you got there it was a little bit of burnt out but uh i would mm -hmm. recommend the the tag team match diana and trendy i like their first match better but this match was was still very good that headline the show and uh eric young and deaner was excellent as well so and steve macklin is back he's gonna kick joel pearl's ass look forward <laughs> to that um so yeah it, it was a good show impact uh and will osprey is coming to impact as well yes. so good stuff. 
Let's uh, quickly on the indie spotlight, Jensen. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. TWE, their anniversary show, headlined by a War Games bout. And Jensen, I'm going to turn it over to you on this because I know you have very much kept up with this and, and know the history of everything of why this match was was so important to the the competitors and the company. Yeah, so I don't have a lot of time, obviously, but but I will I will touch on some stuff here. This was TWE War Games. TWE is a company that runs out of Red Bank, Tennessee, which is like the Chattanooga area, and they have the TWE Arena, which has become like um, kind of like iconic. They run a lot of shows for like the southeast out of there now. And Jade Newman, very big part of that. And they train people out of the TWE arena and stuff like that, too. So it's become a real big hub for the Southeast. Um, the Coven of the Goat, the, the combination of uh, Tank, Nathan Mowry, Dan Wilson, and CJ Lawler, been feuding with the Deadwood Boys, which is Billy Tipton, Derek Neal, Aaron Wade, and Noah Hossman. Um, the finish of this match, well, it's a War Games match. So I, I recommend that y'all just go watch this match, become familiar with some new talent. Um, cause most of these people, like most of them are like younger up and coming talents that I think that y'all should really be familiar with. There's some legends as well, like tanks, you know, a legend of deathmatch wrestling, especially in the Southeast, but like Derek Neal is a guy who I think he recently popped up on AEW to do some enhancement work, but he was really heavily like scout. He's still being heavily scouted to, to my knowledge, but he, he's been really big out of new South wrestling and stuff. And Aaron Wade's a guy who like trained out of that area. Billy Tipton is over there. Anyway, TJ Lawler, a lot of these guys are like TWE and like Chattanooga based wrestlers and stuff too. So the crowd is super invested in it. They did a legitimate war games match with war games rules. And the finish of the match was, was great because basically Tank did the spinning toehold because, you know, Terry Funk had just passed away. So Tank did the spinning toehold as a tribute. And then he put Derek Neal in like a uh, kind of like a uh, camel clutch. But he grabbed this goat, this goat skull that's got horns in it. And he used the horns in the mouth of um, of Derek Neal to like pull his head back for the camel clutch. So brutal finish which is like exactly what you want out of a war games match and um and yeah i'd recommend people check this out i mean just not that often on the indie scene we get just a war games match really of any kind and i think it's a good opportunity for people to seek out some new talent if you're not familiar with this area or some of this up-and-coming talent or just seeing you know a deathmatch legend like tank out there still doing it dude I, I went to chattanooga to see tank's retirement match against matt riddle probably like six years ago or something like that and Obviously, he didn't retire. He's been wrestling consistently ever since. Um, but uh, but it's cool to see he's still out there giving back to the business and stuff. Um, also, like Noah Hossman, someone that doesn't get enough love. He's really talented. He's someone who I think is going to really blow up over the next couple years and stuff. So, so yeah, shout out to TWE. Check that out. It's over on independentwrestling.tv. You can watch the show right now. Use code Fight Talk. I was going to say, it's on IWTV for people who have uh, who have not seen it. Um. Please explain. I, I watched it, and I don't know the all the history of it. The the turn on Deadwood Boys and, and attacking Derek Neal. I can't. I I I, can't, I don't. I can't get to. I I can't remember exactly all all the all the layers into that. To be completely honest. Okay. So I'd have to go back and rewatch why exactly they all turned on him. But they, I they hugged and then they like low blowed them. Yeah, and, I can't yeah. remember the exact reason why that was. Okay. But I do remember 
the finish looking brutal. So I do like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so everybody can watch that on IWTV. Jensen, I know you got to run uh, if you want to plug the interview and plug everything else that you got going on. Yes, for sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T L K underscore. And uh, you can listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's every Sunday, sometimes on Mondays at FightfulSelect.com. I think it'll be Monday this week since there's all out on Sunday. Um, and I hope you all enjoy this interview you're about to hear with Kyle Peterson, a uh, big action figure collector, probably the biggest action figure collector um, in the world. And he's a guy who, um, you know, it was really good to have him on the show. There was some kind of audio issues kind of with the interview. I, I don't think it was as bad as I initially thought when we recorded it, but you will hear maybe a little like popping on the microphone and stuff, but like just push through it. Cause it does, it does get better, but um, it was great to have Kyle on the show. And it's about an hour long interview that I think y'all are going to really enjoy where we talk about a whole lot of stuff. And he was a big Terry Funk fan and this, you know, with Terry Funk recently passing and stuff. So we have to talk about Terry Funk, talk about his, his fandom of collecting and all that stuff. So um, I hope you all enjoy the interview and I go clock in for my shoot job and do that for the next nine hours. So uh hope you all have a great day. Good to see everyone in the chat. Good to see you, Jeremy. And uh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, Jensen. Thank you as always, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, yes, we're going to get into the interview, the creator spotlight with Kyle Peterson, as Jensen mentioned, big time collector. He's got his own YouTube channel. The link is down yes. below. Support uh, YouTube. He uploads like three videos a day. Like, yeah. like legitimately the grind is for real. Yes. And by and the way, I'm going to go back and rewatch some TWE before next week. And we'll talk about that feud a little bit more. I'll, I'll get people, I'll get people filled in on why Derek Neal was turned on. Cause I do feel bad that I can't remember that on the spot, but I will, I will get y'all either to next week on the weekend or with a little more explanation on that. So there you go. Thanks Jensen. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. Have a, have a good one y'all. All right. Let's uh, get into our creators spotlight. Um, yeah, I'm not calling it that. I, I think I even say that on this interview, Louie. I'm not calling it that. If you still go to twitter.com, it works. So as long as that works, now it'll not work like right now. Um, but as long as that works, I'm not calling it that. Uh, Kyle Peterson was really fun. Big time collector. Gave us some, if you are into action figures and wrestling action figures and collecting, give, a, give some little scoops on some stuff. He talks to people at, at the uh, Jazzwares and Mattel. So he's, he knows some things. Um, so we talk about that. He gives us some very good uh, and fun Terry Funk stories. He was actually a Terry Funk's handler for a weekend uh, when Terry Funk was like doing a, an appearance or convention. And he said he recalled a dinner he had with Terry Funk and Mick Foley. So some fun Terry Funk stories uh, with, with Kyle and then a lot of action figure talk. So if you're into action figures and collecting and wrestling figures and things like that, uh, hopefully you find this interview informative. Again, you can follow Kyle. You can support Kyle. All the links are below. You can follow him on Twitter. You can check out his YouTube channel and there's a link tree link as well. So you can get all the links in one place. All right, folks, let's get into it. Our creator spotlight with Kyle Peterson. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I am Stephen Jensen, joined as always by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is the Larry Bird of Action Figure Collecting. He has, in my opinion, the most impressive collection of anyone I've ever seen when it comes to this. Not just action figures for wrestling, but everything. Our guest today is Sir Paul 64. We have Kyle Peterson joining the show. Kyle, how are you doing today, man? It's quite the introduction. Thank you. I'm doing good. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I, 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 I mean, every word that I say, man, you know, we've, we've, we talked before. Um, I'm a very big fan. Obviously 
um, a lot of what we want to talk about today is your YouTube channel because that's been super successful as well and grown a lot since the last time we talked. Um, I guess just first and foremost, this is kind of non-action figure um, related, but I wanted to kick off today uh, just by bringing this up. I know you are a massive Terry Funk fan, and I know Terry Funk just passed away. I want to give us some thoughts on on old Terry Funk there. Yeah, you know, it's tough. And then, you know, obviously Bray Wyatt passing away, this, you know, literally a day between each other and stuff. And just, I don't know, Terry Funk hit me a lot harder, obviously, because I grew up with Terry Funk ever since I was a little kid. And, you know, I got to spend time on three different occasions with Terry Funk. So, I mean, it was very... Ah, very surreal. It was a lot like the Ultimate Warrior dying back in the day for me. It's Ultimate Warrior and Terry Funk were my two favorites. And uh, Terry was super cool to me every time I met him. You know, I got to be his handler for the weekend uh, back in the day. And I spent time, you know, I had dinner with him and Mick Foley, just us three. I mean, just wild. But, yeah, Terry was so cool. And I loved Terry going back to when I was a little kid. Of course, that I quit match time frame with Ric Flair back in the day. That's really what brought Terry home for me. Then, of course, the ECW stuff. So, Really tough week. I mean, it's totally different than, obviously, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt Young, you know, he's around our ages here. And that obviously hits home as well. And Terry, you know, he lived a long life, 79 years old, especially for what he put himself through um, over the years. But, yeah, definitely, definitely really tough. Didn't make it any easier. And it was very surreal for me as I was in Texas for work. And I was on a plane, and I was wearing a Terry Funk hat. I was wearing a Terry Funk T-shirt. I always do when I travel to Texas. I always got my Terry Funk gear on. And I was back home, and the plane just landed, and the pilot said, you can turn your phones back on. And I just got bombarded the minute I turned my phone on. It was so weird and surreal. Here I am in my Terry Funk garb, coming back from Texas. and Yeah, so, yeah, not an easy week for a lot of reasons, for sure. What was it like spending time with him? I mean, you mentioned the dinner with Mick Foley, and then being his handler, just like being around i can only imagine the the stories that that he was telling but yeah what was it like just being around him for those moments yeah he was super cool my buddy my buddy runs the uh, pro wrestling hall of fame up in waterloo and he he i've known him forever he knows what big of a funk fan i am so he's like kyle i think i got a job that you're gonna want to do he's like why don't you be terry's handler for the weekend i couldn't say yes fast enough but i mean terry was cool i I mean Gosh, I don't know how many years ago this was. Like 15 years ago was when I was this handler for the weekend. Something like that. But uh, I'm sure I had the dumbest questions ever. What was it like for this? But Terry, I don't remember Terry ever not answering a question or being like, that's a dumb question or anything like that. Um, we talked business and stuff. He uh, he had a lot of stock that he was getting ready to dump uh, at the time. And I said, I would not do that. Trust me, I would not do that. And I always wonder because I never got to talk to Terry again after that. That was the third and final time we met. But if he didn't sell the amount of stock he had, he would have made an absolute fortune about a month later. So I always wondered, did he sell that? Did he not sell it? Because he was pretty adamant he was going to sell it. And I was like, here's why you don't do it. And maybe it was insider trading. Who knows? But I told him, <laughs> don't do not do it. But um, but it was wild. I mean, Mick Foley's always nice. I mean, a lot of people have met Mick Foley over the years and had an opportunity to. I mean, he's always nice. And he's on another level when it was around Terry Funk. I mean, that is his idol and stuff. So it was Really good conversation. And I remember, you know, working Terry Funk's table, I was kind of his handler. So it'd be like, hey, it's $25 for a shirt, $20 for an autograph or whatever. And, you know, and Terry would just place the blame on me all the time. You know, a guy would come and say, it's 20 bucks. Well, I'd do it, but Kyle over here, he's not going to let me do that for that price. I mean, he'd always blame me and be the bad guy, which was kind of funny. And he would he would do that kind of stuff and play it up, give me a little wink and stuff like that. So it, it was pretty funny, but it was just crazy. And, you know, and 
he was still getting around. I mean, he was still banged up, but he was getting around. He did training seminar there. I was there for that. So I watched and listened to it on the training seminar. He ran obviously his hall of fame speech, all that kind of stuff. So it was truly a weekend. You know, people say that it's like, you'll never forget it, but I'll never forget it. I mean, it was so cool to see my idol up close, personal, see him for three days, you know, know each other's name and just wild. Just a great memory. I'm glad I got to experience it. That's for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing uh, those stories with us. And yeah, it was a heartbreaking week just in the world of wrestling with uh, Terry Funk and, and Bray Wyatt passing. Um, Jensen, I'll turn it over to you for figure questions now. <laughs> yeah. So a big reason why I wanted to have you on today, kind of the timing of it. And I, I really appreciate you checking out our interview with Jeremy Fidauer. I know that's somebody that you are a huge fan of yourself. Yeah. And when you messaged me and you were like, Hey man, that was a great interview. Like that meant a lot. Cause I mean, you're somebody whose opinion I really value in the action figure space. Um, yep. And I guess um, if you want to elaborate on you meeting Jeremy recently, because I know that was like a bucket list thing for you. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like, and it's a weird, I mean, everybody's got different bucket lists, whatever you want to call a bucket list. And it probably seems really strange for people like, okay, if you could meet anybody in the world, who would you want to meet? Well, I think Jeremy Padauer. I mean, how weird is that? Most people are like, well, I want to meet a president. I want to meet, you know, and for me, it was Jeremy because obviously I'm into the toys. I'm into the action figures, Jack's classic superstars. I've told the story numerous times. I was out, primarily out of action figure collecting. I was in the transition period where you're in college. You don't have any money because you're in college, but uh, you're kind of, you know, here's what I'm going to do with, for my future and stuff like that. And I'll never forget the day. Like one of, it's like a weird, it just feels weird to say, but like a pivotal moment walking into Toys R Us and seeing Jack's classic superstar series one on the shelf. Uh, because now everybody's spoiled by action figures. You got legends, you got everybody. But back then you got just current stars that were there. This was something entirely different. A generation of my generation that was a little kid in the eighties, you know, all the big stars, the macho mans, all, all the stuff out there, the warriors, the Hogan's now we're getting these guys in plastic action figure form. And it's not speaking to little kids, which I'm sure little kids bought them, but it was speaking to people like me and just a turning point. I said, well, I guess I'm back into action figure collecting and, you know, without Jeremy, it wouldn't have existed. That line, if uh, you know, depending how familiar you are with the line, there's a lot of stuff out there. But Jeremy really brought that to the forefront. He was just a punk kid at the time, and he brought it up to Vince McMahon. I mean, that would be intimidating, uh, no matter what age you are, trying to have a meeting with Vince McMahon and sell him on something, and he did it. And, you know, say what you want about the Jacks. You hear that so Jacks all the time, but a lot of that is in 2023 eyes. But you go back to 2004, I mean, this was cutting edge of the action figures. And uh, just what he did and what he did for collectibles. I mean, he's very similar to a Todd McFarlane in a lot of ways. I don't think he gets as much credit as a Todd McFarlane. But just some of the stuff Jeremy did uh, back in the day for collectors and for, you know, the brand and the uniform packaging and things. like. I mean, it was just, uh, I don't know, awe-inspiring in a lot of ways. So I've been wanting to meet Jeremy forever. And I never had an opportunity to. Well, lo and behold, San Diego Comic-Con this year, there he is up on the, I mean, I had a video up there, like a short, because he was up in like kind of the crow's nest up there where the employees were. You could, the, the common people couldn't get up there if they wanted to. And I'm doing a video, Jeremy, come down, come down, Jeremy. And uh, But anyways, I did get time. I said, hey, uh, I'm Kyle Peterson. I'm a big fan of Jeremy's. Is there any way I can get a couple minutes with him? And uh, thankfully, you know, Jeremy's a super nice guy. You guys know that. You had him on your, on your show. Uh, he was more than happy to come down and talk to me and you know, he, he knew of me, but didn't know me. It's one of those kind of things where it's like, I, I know of you. And 
somebody was just talking. He, he mentioned the interview you guys had where my name came up, and that's where he said, oh, I just was talking about you. They were talking about you and stuff. So we had that. But, you know, he gave me – we talked probably for a good 30, 40 minutes probably about a lot of different stuff, and uh, it was just really cool to meet him. You know, he was – he was a, a big passionate collector. And that's what you got to have. No matter what your job is or whatever, you got to be passionate about it. And I try to, uh, not that this is my job, but I'm very passionate about it. I'm passionate about my job as well. But um, he was definitely uh, somebody that was really cool to talk to. That's for sure. So it was truly a bucket list moment to get to meet him. And then, you know, just uh, swap um, some messages on Twitter back and forth now occasionally and stuff. So just very, very cool. And more to come with me and Jeremy, I think. Oh, I hope so, man. I hope so. We'll I mean, 30, 40 minutes. What's that? A little peek under the tent. Stay tuned. Yes, yes. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, you know, I know you mentioned you have uh, like your your shoot job. You know, I've got a shoot job as well. And I know you travel a lot for years, and that kind of like feeds into the collecting addiction and, and habit or whatever. I, I call it an addiction. Like I call it yeah. a sickness. Um, yeah. You know. Um, and I think that uh, you have the sickness worse than anyone I've ever seen. But it's like, <laughs> but it's, but it's, you know, it's. I can live vicariously. Right. Exactly. I, I, yes. Absolutely. And I can live vicariously through you um, in a lot of ways. Um, I guess, is that, um, I, I guess, can you speak to that at all? Because, like, you have kind of this unique opportunity where, like, you travel so much that you can hit all these different stores. Whereas someone like me, I'm usually hitting the same, like, Targets, Walmarts, local mom and pop yeah. shops. But, like, I don't really get out there too much to other areas. And that's where I think I'm missing a lot of, like, what I could be collecting because I'm just not getting around like you are. Yeah, it is. It's a curse and a blessing. You know, I travel a good eight, nine states for work on a fairly regular basis, you know, and you're in a hotel, your company pays for your hotel. They pay for your meal. What are you going to do? You're going to sit in the hotel and do work. And yeah, I will do that before I go to bed, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go find a restaurant and I'm going to hit this target Walmart and this target Walmart and this local toy store. And I'm going to hit that in my nine state area. So a lot of people are like, Kyle, you just find everything, which I do. I pride myself. It's like a personal quest for me. Even if I'm not collecting it, I want to be able to, I saw it out on the shelf. It's just kind of fun. It's like a scavenger hunt, I guess, in a lot of ways, but I'm like, I should be able to find everything because I'm in like 50 different stores a week. Most people don't have that luxury. Most people don't want to do that. Most people aren't that big of a glutton for punishment, but I always say I, I love the failure because it makes the success so much sweeter, you know? So uh, yeah, I enjoy it. And obviously it is, uh, it's a form of addictive personality. You know, I'm totally straight edge. I don't drink or anything. I used to drink in college and I, I could see myself spiraling a little bit. I said, I got to stop. I, I knew my limits. I know, I just know my personality. I've been like that since I was a little kid and my dad probably fed that addiction a little bit and he's on the channel from time to time. Uh, but he was a collector as well of starting lineups and other things. So we'd travel the shows and Toys R Us's and Walmarts and all that on the weekends as a, as a kid. And we were collecting it all. Or I was collecting a lot. He was collecting starting lineups. But he understood for good or for bad, even when I was a little kid, that like, okay, here's the back of the G.I. Joes. Here's the 12 figures. Well, we got to get them all. And I'm like, yeah, we got to get them all. So I've kind of, for good or bad, once again, I have a very completionist mentality on a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> for good or for bad. It, it, now this is going to be a real deep cut and I might be getting this wrong, but like I've watched a lot of your videos over the years, especially since like the pandemic, like I think yeah. the first video I saw of yours was your first big, like action tour. figure tour. Exactly. And, um, is your, is your dad actually a sleepy Brown fan? <laughs> he is. He is. Okay. Okay. So my, my brother trains him. He does boxing, like, to, like oh, stay really? in shape. And my brother knows him really well. And I mentioned that to him because my brother watches your videos with me every now and then he, he doesn't, he doesn't have the sickness quite like we do, but like, 
you know, he dabbles a little bit and he watches the videos when he's around. And he was like, I was like, dude, I, and Kyle says his dad is like a big sleepy Brown fan. And Brian was my brother's name's Brian. And he was like, Oh dude, I could probably hook him up with like an autograph or something. Like I see him all the time. So I just, I, I thought that was kind of funny. Just small world thing. My dad is, my dad is really funny with his stuff. I mean, he, we're a good pair. Cause I'm kind of out there and he's a good straight man, but he uh, like, remember outcast, obviously sleepy Brown was with outcast. That's yeah. how he got to know sleepy Brown. And, what was that big song like? Hey, uh, whatever that album was. I mean, I'm not a huge Outcast fan, but the he love goes, below. He would always speaker yeah. box love below. Yeah, yep. yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he would always talk about that's oh, that's Sleepy Brown. That's Sleepy Brown. He just he would always mention Sleepy Brown. I mean, yeah, I don't know if he's kept up with what Sleepy Brown's up to these days, but he would always mention it, especially back then. And oh, <laughs> Sleepy Brown comes in and. You know, my dad's a big fan of like uh, soul and R&B and stuff like that. And like, uh, you know, Morris Day in the time, um, you know, one of the collectors up in Minnesota was actually like his bodyguard for Morris Day. And he heard me and I'm friends with him. He's like, does your dad really like Morris Day? And I'm like, yeah, he, he loves Morris Day in the time. But he got him an autographed album. And my dad was like, just blown away. He couldn't believe it. It was too Tom. You know, thanks for being a fan. And but yeah, it was funny. My dad would always mention that. I'll never forget it. I think, I, like you said, I brought it up in a video. I'm like, oh, you know that Sleepy Brown. <laughs> yeah, I think you were. I think you would come across some of the like Funko. They do some of those figures that are like some NBA players, like they're like Jimi Hendrix rappers yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that's where I saw you. Maybe that's where you mentioned it or something like Could that. Where like we need we need to get a Sleepy Brown one of these. Um, Jeremy, do you want to get some questions in? <laughs> oh, I was I was going to ask you when you do all the traveling and stuff is there a favorite kind of toy shop you hit in the the nine states or maybe some hidden gems you can throw out there to anybody yeah you know toy stores are not not as plentiful as they used to be and obviously no toys r us's anymore but i really enjoy the walmart targets i like to see what the pet warmers are in different areas things like that but that's pretty generic but there is good toy stores and i'm a little uh, you know, I'm in the Des Moines area in Des Moines, Iowa, of course, and we have three Jay's CD and Hobby, they're called. There's three of those, and I'm a little bit spoiled because we've got three pretty big stores around us that I hit on a fairly regular basis. So those those are really nice. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, Chicago's got a few different ones there, but it's tough in Chicago. There's so many people there, and uh, prices are usually not the best in Chicago toy stores. There's a place up in Wisconsin called Freak Toys up in Sheboygan that is really, really good. That's definitely worth a visit if you're in the area. Uh, there's a few places up in Minneapolis, uh, Nerd and Out. Um, I think there's one in South Dakota called Rainbow that I hit every once in a while. Kansas City has, um, oh, what's it, like Brothers. It's called like Brothers. It's a fairly newer store. I've found some stuff at those, but... It's just, you know, those local mom and pop stores, it's really is just kind of a roll of the dice. And that's kind of the fun thing about it. You never know what you're going to see. And a lot of times you don't see anything good, but, you know, the one thing you find in a million, you know, there was a bearded Corporal Kirshner LJN figure, you know, the old school rubber LJN figures. And I was at a local toy store and they had it for like $10 and it's like a $500 figure. And they just didn't know what they had because it's the bearded one. Most people don't realize and so you never know. You find something like that, a little needle in a haystack every once in a while. Yeah, that's the one that, that's got a variation where it's like clean shaven, bearded, and stubble, right? Correct, like three yeah. Of them. Yeah, so, yeah. And Corporal Kirshner, not a lot of people big fans yeah. of Corporal Kirshner. And you go to eBay and look it up, it's like, oh, it's a $10 figure. But if you get the right one, then people just don't know that. Now, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, let me mention you, you, you mentioned that you've been collecting for a long time with, with your dad. What got you first into wrestling and then the wrestling figure collections? 
trying to think. I was probably it was right after WrestleMania three. So somewhere in the summer after WrestleMania three is when I started watching wrestling. And, uh, you know, just you're a little, little kid and in the eighties, especially, I mean, wrestling was quite, it was like superheroes on TV. So you're just kind of sucked in. And obviously everybody else at school sucked in. I always talk about the old playground, but it was always the chatter on the playground. Did you see Jake and the macho man and the snake bite? Or did you see this or that? Um, so that was it. You know, you follow along and something to have, talks with your friends about and things like that and then of course around that time the ljn wrestlers were out there and of course i'm a little kid so i'm wanting toys i'm collecting he-man and gi joe at the time or my primary focuses of my first collecting a little bit of star wars as well and then the ljn start making their way in and before you know it you got the sickness and you're all in on the ljns then you're into the hasbros and and that was me. You know, I was at the perfect age, I always say, because I got to play with LJNs and play with Hasbros. And I even went back and forth between the two for a while. So that was pretty good. But, yeah, you just collect from there. And, you know, even when you're, like, 14, you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't get these toys. But I'm like, oh, it's just like I can't pass them up, you know. And then uh, you just, yeah, you just keep on going. And that's what you do. And I, I was collecting a lot of stuff as a little kid. You know, you if your parents were going to say yes, you can get it. You're not turning it down. No, I'm good today. No, I'm good. No, I'll take it. Sure. I'll get this. Um, so yeah. And I never really stopped. I stopped a little bit in college time frame, and I sold my entire collection, my childhood one, which happens to a lot of us who either or mom gets rid of it at a garage sale or you sell it or whatever. And I pretty much sold almost everything. There was a few things I kept, um, but pretty much sold everything. And then I always kicked myself, like, what was I thinking? But I was like, Hey, I got to go to college. I got, you know, you're not in your parents' house anymore. You don't got room and the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. And then like I talked about Jack's, it kind of just snowballed back into it. And I was collecting Jack's and GI Joe, uh, the 25th anniversary GI Joe line at the same time. I really wanted to collect the masters universe classics, but just wasn't in the cards didn't have the money for it. And then, you know, as you get older and you know, get more secure in your jobs and life, you got more income and, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, like, for your local stores, I'd imagine you hit your local stores a bit more often uh, in your spare time. Do you do, do the people that work there, like, do they just recognize you at this point? They're just like, all right, I was going to go check the back for you know, the stuff that you're looking for. Yeah, I know the manager pretty well throughout the years there, and he'll give me a call like, uh, you know, NECA Brian Frankenstein came in. I know you're looking for that. Like, you know, he's like a, a drug dealer in a lot of ways. Like, hey, we got it in. I want you to come buy it for me, you know? So, and he knows what I'm looking for and, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's weird though. Like, it's it's weird because I don't think of myself as famous. I'm not famous. I don't know what, I don't know what you call it. I don't know, but. I don't get recognized very much in where I live, which is weird, I guess, kind of. I get recognized for my day job is what I get recognized for. And that's what usually people want to talk to me about. So that, that's kind of weird. But then when I travel to places, I get recognized and stuff. So it's it's very it's very weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of employees of these places that, like, watch the channel and stuff. You know? Yeah, especially so. the toy store ones. They know, yeah. like, you know. I was in uh, Cincinnati a couple weeks back. I was at a store called the Toy Department. They recognized me right when I walked in the front door. And, you know, hey, I like your videos and stuff. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when it comes to the finding stuff in the wild, what's you mentioned the Corporal Kirshner one. What's kind of the craziest thing you've just kind of found out in the wild of like, oh, I was, whether you were searching for it or not, but you come across it and you just ended up finding it and it came across your radar. 
So for it took me, I don't know, two years ago, I finally completed the collection. I was trying to get every single Jax Ruthless Aggression figure ever made loose. And I was getting all those and working my way through. And it was getting down to the end where they had so many weird repaints and things like that. And these figures that came with rings. And they're very hard to find. But just because they're hard to find doesn't mean they're worth a lot of money. And that's the problem you'd see on eBay. It's like, well, this guy, we, no, none have sold for six months. So this guy's going to put it up for $500 when it probably wouldn't sell for $10, you know? So there was some of that going on. And I actually went to a flea market of all places. I don't go to a lot of flea markets, but I went to this flea market on a whim uh, with my kids. And I went to this table, you know, a lot of these tables just have different toys and stuff. And there was this Shawn Michaels Ruthless Aggression figure I needed. And it was a dollar, $2, something like that. And I, I did one of these, like, I can't believe what I, is this true? And I had to go to online. Like I just got a double, there's no way like needle in a haystack. What are the odds of that? So that only cost me a couple of dollars. And honestly, the figure's only worth like 10 bucks at, at that, but people think it's worth 500 because it never comes up. But that was uh, one of the blow away moments. Like what are the odds of that? That's just like a million to one. Wish I could win the lottery instead of that. <laughs> <laughs> instead of a ten dollar action figure yeah. that you pay two dollars for. for. Uh, but as a completionist, yeah, that, that seems like a a very good find if, yeah. if you're searching for it for for that long. So hey, that's a that's a good deal right there. Yeah, what, what's what's the main line that you're like trying to complete right now? Like if there's like one one, I know you're there's always in the worst you're constantly collecting a lot of stuff but like i even not i guess if you can narrow it down to wrestling because this is more wrestling based but if you also want to like talk about just like any other line that you're just really trying to complete no, i'm pretty much for everything i want i'm pretty much caught up so it's just as of new stuff coming out which isn't takes some fun out of it but also some stress out of it as well um there's a few things like I've thought about going back. If you remember the WCW Galoob figures back in yeah. the day, they were kind of around about the same time as Hasbro. I've thought about finally pulling the trigger and getting the UK variants and UK exclusives. I never fully committed to that. I got the free birds, but I never got the rest. Um, so that might be something I end up doing one of these days, but uh, not too much going back. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, like I've, I've been thinking about for years and I'm really kicking myself now is there's the first ever, they always say the first ever wrestling figure line was Japan, the, the poppies, you know, the popies, uh, there was a Terry Funk there and I always wanted that figure. I was like, I'll get it one of these days. Well, of course, you know, it's exploded in value now, but it'll come back to earth. It always does. But I feel like I should get that one. So there's a few pieces out there I would love to get. What are some of your, your favorite lines, whether today or classic lines? You know, uh, the old school, I don't have any anymore. I got my childhood Flint figure, but uh, the old school G.I. Joe three and three force line. I mean, that was just, uh, if you were in it, you were in it. And, you know, the aircraft carrier I had as a kid and just so many hours. I mean, just hours on hours. I mean, I remember in the summer I'd spend 10, 10 hours some days just playing with those, using your imagination and all that and just building setups and wars and things. So, that one's a huge line for me. Obviously, the Hasbro's and LJN's when I was a little kid are a big line. The Jack Classic Superstars line is an all-time favorite of mine. Um, I really like the Masters Universe Classics figures that uh, Mattel came out with in the 2000s. Those were next level, and I was just admiring from afar. And Many years later, I did get the complete set. But, man, when those things were being shown, I was just like this. Because that's really where I started. He-Man as a little kid, and it's just... This is He-Man, like modern technology, modern looks. I mean, that was just such a game changer. But, you know, currently there's a lot of good lines. I mean, truly is a golden era for action figure collectors. And 
uh, you know, I always say like in the 80s and 70s or 80s and probably even to the 90s, there was a lot of people that worked on toy lines and it was just a job. Somehow they stumbled into that job. This isn't maybe what they wanted to do, but they had this job. Now all these toy companies are like lifelong action figure fans that this is what they wanted to do. And a lot of that passion comes through out there. You know, I love talking to the Mattel team, uh, you know, Steve over there, Robert, Bill McKenna, another huge Terry Funk fan. Every time I see Bill, we, we talk Terry Funk stuff and uh, just the passion they have is really cool. I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, you love those Mattel guys, but man, they, they love wrestling and very fortunate as a wrestling fan and wrestling figure collector that the people that are on your brand absolutely love wrestling. And same thing for the Jazzwares team. Uh, a lot of those and Jeremy, of course, um, that is something you don't always get. I mean, you think of, I mean, heck, go to go to Walmart. Let's say, let's pick on that poor Walmart manager. He's working in the tire and lube at Walmart as the manager. Is that what he really wanted to do with his life? Pro- probably not. So a lot of those uh, toy company people that are steering the ship, this is what they wanted to do, and I think that is pretty cool. Are there um, are there any wrestlers, or I guess, like I guess my question is like, are there any figures you want to see made that haven't been made yet that are like bucket list figures for you that you that you know, whether it's Jazzwares, Mattel, anything. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I always, I always tease Bill McKenna about Terry Funk from the Hell in the Cell, where he lost with the John Deere hat, where he loses his shoes with removable shoes. So we've got to get that. And I know Bill would do that in a heartbeat if they would allow him to. And I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Bill said, you know, we got some more Terry Funk figures coming, and he's going to sneak a few more in the line. Uh, that's the beauty of a huge Terry Funk fan being in charge of it, but. Uh, definitely Terry Funk. I would love to see Jazzwares give me a Surfer Sting. Uh, as a kid, you know, it's funny is that whenever I think of Sting, I think of Surfer Sting first, where probably 90% of the people these days think of Crow Sting first. But man, when Sting, just like Ultimate Warrior, when you're a really little kid, larger than life, I mean, that was a big, big deal. We've had Surfer Sting figures from, you know, Jax and Mattel in the past, but I would love to see Jazzwares give us the classic, give us a Supreme Surfer Sting, give us some of that kind of stuff. And I, I really do get excited about the deep cut figures in this day and age. Um, you know, like the goon, I was, nobody was a goon <laughs> fan, uh, you know, the goon, a hockey player, but it's just such a cool thing. And I, I love the idea of having at least one of every character that was there. You know, I, I get excited about that stuff. Power town. And that is, I give power town a hard time on my channel sometimes. And some Jesse Ventura conspiracy theories and things like that. But, um, they really are. I mean, I, I met them all in person. They cornered me at PowerCon and said, I said, oh, I better get the video out. Let's do some conspiracy talk right now. <laughs> but they even invited me to Alabama down to the warehouse to prove that the stuff exists. And I said, well, <laughs> I may be taking you up on that uh, tour. So we'll see. But um, I love what they're doing. I told them that. I said, I give you guys a hard time, but it's a lot of it's in love and a lot of it's joking. And most people that follow me and watch my channel know I'm kind of just having a good time. But uh, the opportunity of so many classic wrestlers that have never got wrestling figures like the Rougeau brothers, for example, I mean, never had a figures of the Rougeau brothers. Now we're probably got an opportunity with power town. So that's pretty exciting for me as well. And then the GI Joe classified line is the other one because making figures from when I was a little kid into the modern scaling and stuff. That's pretty exciting as well. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned the goon and I gotta mm-hmm. say you, you're not the only fan of the goon because we did a, like uh a fake wrestling company. We did it on a uh, TEW and the goon was like my guy on this. And so I committed to, it wasn't even a bit love the goon, love it. And 
somebody sent me one of the goon figures because I, I love the the goon so much. So there's at least two of us. There's me <laughs> and you. Two. I don't know if there's anybody else out there, but there's at least two of us. I was just I think I was in Dallas, Texas last week. It's probably it'll probably be on my figure hunt video this week, but I think I found a goon on the front of the pegs. I'm like, why is this still here? I cannot believe the goon <laughs> is still here. I mean that was kind of a hard one to get. It's been like two years, but it's still just chilling in Dallas at a Walmart. <laughs> See what what, I, what I'm really hoping for is more of like kind of like the late mid to late nineties, like WCW cruiserweight, like mid Carter guys that like never really got figures like Ernest, the cat Miller or like glacier or like, like a good, like Billy Kidman and like a, yep. like the tank top or, or um, Alex Wright, you know, like something like that, like modern, some of those guys that just never really got figures. Like they weren't big enough in WCW at the time or whatever. I, I do think the changing of the guard is coming fairly soon. I think, you know, the, the kids like me or whatever you want to call it from the 80s, the 80s wrestling fan, you know, we're all getting older. Uh, some are probably getting ready to retire, maybe if you're on the back end of it all. And I do think we're going to see a change more into the late 90s stuff. And, you know, I think Mattel tried to do it with the WCW Nitro stage. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know how that went. Yeah. So, but I think we're going to see more of that in the early 2000s, Ruthless Aggression Era, kind of have their spot to shine. Because let's be honest, there's only so many more Hulk Hogan's you can make. There's only so many more, you know, and like the Macho Man is not being made anymore. And I think there's reasons why that went down. I mean, it's all business at the end of the day. And I think that is part of the turning of of the page and the changing of the guards a little bit with that macho man contract is my guess. I was bummed out about that nitro stage. It was, it was, it was, in my opinion, it was too expensive and they didn't incentivize people with enough, like good, like there should have been more figures and, or like different people that like, you know, it, I just feel like there wasn't, if you're going to put that kind of price tag on something, cause like I want something like that, but I, I really need to be persuaded to spend that kind of money. It's a tough gig because I said the minute I laid eyes on it at WrestleMania weekend, I said, because we'd saw pictures like a couple days before that. And I saw it in person. And I said, you guys got to find a way to get that visual through to the computer screens or whatever, because unless you saw that thing in person, it was so much more breathtaking in, in live in person than it was in any picture that they showed. And, somehow i don't know if you got to get a good photographer or, or what but how do you convey that and i saw that same things with the third thundercats uh lair uh that thing absolutely next level i've never seen it. i i was in awe with my jaw on the floor just looking at that and i'm a thundercats fan but it's not in my top five even fandoms but next level and that's how that nitro stage was right up there as well and it, it's just tough i mean the pricing i mean you know, I know a lot of people said, oh, it's too expensive and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Mattel is a business and they got to sure. make money and they're not in it to even break even. They got to get stuff. And honestly, Mattel, the, their heads, they don't want to do stuff like this. This isn't it. They'd rather sell, you know, 50 more Barbies or 50 more elite figures out there. This is not a waste of time, but it's not something that's going to move the needle and make their bonuses. And this it really was a passion project. And I don't think Steve Osier and some of those people there would ever say it, but there might never be another opportunity for this. And that's the kind of thing that's really deflating um, about all yeah. that. And I know, I know the cost of all that, the tooling and stuff, and especially, you know, I forget what do they need? Uh, what was the, was it 5,000 to, to start? I can't remember what something it was. Something like that. It was something but like that. that is nothing in the grand scheme right. of things. And that tells you that the wrestling fan base just a isn't into WCW doesn't have the money or just doesn't feel it was worth the value. And 
I don't know what you could put out there that they would think was worth the value. And, you know, they did say, hey, we wanted to do the raw stage first because I think they thought that would sell better. And I probably agree with that. But the cost of that one was astronomical. They could take some reuse parts from the nitro, make that cheaper, get that out there. Then they can use that tooling into that to get that raw one cheaper on the next one. And kind of all went the way of uh, the dodo bird. But I I feel like they're going to try to figure out a way Maybe not as extreme, maybe not as big, but to piece that out eventually. Yeah, I think if they made it with cheaper materials and didn't have like maybe the entire ramp or something, like they, I, I feel like there were our way because I know that people came out like after that with kind of their own versions of like ideas of like yeah. a cheaper way to do it with like obviously it, it didn't look as good, but it did still have like different colored lights that would flash and stuff like that. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about real quick. Speaking of like lines that didn't come to fruition. Um, the the impact figures that was a real bummer because like i really wanted like a jordan grace figure and stuff and like i feel like the the people in that company the wrestlers in that company don't get enough love because like because it's impact you know and yep. uh you know how do you feel about kind because of, i saw what what cardona was saying i know that they hadn't had the best experience with like that line and kind of doubted this from the beginning and i know you were kind of like skeptical as well throughout the process of like we haven't heard anything in a while like are we ever going to hear anything and then the next thing you know it just it's just canceled yeah it was pretty disappointing i was very excited for it as well because just like you said there's so many wrestlers there that i'd love to have figures for that really have no opportunity to get figures so this is our first time we could get you know a jordan grace a diana perrazzo a moose um then where how far could it go you know you could get alex shelley and save i mean there's so many people on that roster you could get that we need in our collections but uh yeah it was it was rough and i think a lot of it had to do with that epic cella i mean that whole mess of being sold out and changing names and things like that and then i think they got really behind i i got some of the inside details on that as it was going and was told not to share so i didn't sure. share it but I, I felt like uh i guess i don't know i always want to call it cella cella bit off a lot more than they could chew that is for sure and then there was people that were trying to help them clean up their mess with not enough time to clean up their mess in and then then you saw you know impact not being totally in the zone of you know blaming asylum toys who they were just the distributor they weren't making the figures far when they threw them under the bus and it was just a bad scene all around and you know the rumor is they're going to try again and they're going to kind of fish back out there who could make our figures i mean it might be a good place for power town maybe power town could step in and this could be a line they could make outside of the legends and uh you never know so we'll see yeah. where it goes i'd like to see power town do it i think they'd do a great job it'd be cool even if they if like I, tony khan you know is, is willing to shell money out and stuff like i don't know if there's any way that we can figure out like a jazz wears just just to get some because because jeremy did bring up he's like you know we can't talk about it but like will osprey and these new japan guys like there's a good chance. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you could just get Jazzwares involved and get and some like some Motor City machine guns or something, that'd be huge. And you're right. I think Tony Khan, at the end of the day, he is a businessman and maybe more even of a businessman than Vince McMahon, where he's open to trying new things, open to helping because, okay, maybe I don't make 100% of that impact money, but I make 10% or whatever that is. 10%, I'd take 10% over 0% any day. And, you know, you're feeding a need and you're lining your pocketbooks. I mean, that is a possibility. And I could see that, you know, jazz wears, and it's not going to be a lot of extra cost for jazz wears head sculpts. It would be, but they can use the bodies over and over. Um, I would love to see that. And it would be even more uniform, which I think would be great as well. 
I have to ask you about Cody Rhodes figures because we are here with Cody Rhodes, number one fan over here. So Good friend of the how, channel, Cody Rhodes. Over yeah, here. he is. Dude, by the way, he found your channel through like like a different. It wasn't it wasn't wrestling figures, right? It was <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Can you, can you tell that story real quick? And 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 also, yeah. Jim, what was your question? Was Cody Rhodes I was figures? just. I was just going to ask for favorite Cody figures and are, are there enough Cody figures or can they actually make more? <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of Cody. I don't think anybody other, cause I think we're going to get overloaded with Cody <laughs> figures. You know, and some would say we already are, but I think we're going to be piled Cody figures pretty high into 2024. So uh, you're a big fan of Cody. You're going to be happy. You're going to get every Cody you could ever want. I'm sure it sounds like Pharaoh's even going to get a stuffed animal, but I, I you got to believe they're going to make him in the elite line somewhere along the way. There's no doubt about it. So, That'd be pretty cool. But Cody's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he tagged me in a couple of things online, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, he reached out and he had some questions about masters of universe. It was around Eternia uh, when that crowdfunding was going on and my, like my thoughts. And, and I remember he sent me a picture of like his office. He's like, where the heck am I going to put this? So I'm just looking. It's like, it's like a table in a huge room with nothing else. I'm like, I see mountains of opportunity for displays there, but I, I think he said he did order Eternia um and then you know i helped him out one time big bad toy store had it because he was behind on a couple of sets he said and big bad toy store had a huge weekend sale and i said hey sent him that and said you better jump at some of those i can clean up some of the ones you missed out on but and then you know he got the uh, ultimate edition and then that suited one and uh, seemingly whenever he uh talks action figures now he always tags me which is pretty cool that he thinks of me and stuff like that i think that's a, a pretty cool thing and you know obviously he's really busy i, I talked to him a heck of a lot more uh, via Twitter messenger when um, he was out with his injury. So, you know, now that he's back, I mean, he, you know, I don't hear from him a whole lot, which is understandable. He's on the road 24 seven almost. Yeah. I think his best figure is probably the Supreme, the Jazz yeah. Supreme. I think I really like the, I, I really like the defining uh, moments with like the, where they did his shoulder with the injury and everything. I thought that was really cool that they put something like that out there too for Mattel. Yeah. I always really liked, uh, I guess it's partially because of his dad, but Jax did a two-pack, him and his dad, it's way back in the day. Pack. Yeah, and him and the green trunks, that, right? Yeah, and I yeah. love that Dusty in there, too, because it's yeah. like, to me, it's ECW Dusty. End of the road, Dusty in his jeans and his cowbell. And I always thought that was a really cool pack. And I, and Cody's the kind, like, I know if I was like a wrestler or whatever my dad was, and we got a two-pack together, I think that would be the coolest thing ever. And I, I know Cody is the type that would really appreciate, does appreciate things like that. Where The Rock, you know, The Rock got his three-pack with his family. I don't know. I've never heard him talk about it. But you've heard Cody talk about his dad and, and the figure we got together and stuff. So I always thought that was really cool. Uh, a very important question. I feel like, and you can correct me, you had a Hangman figure before we, we were on air today. Kind is of. is well, Hangman Page a peg warmer? Well, I'm, so that's that's Kyle, by the way. That's, me. that's Kyle Peterson. Oh, okay. So I was all the back of it. Yeah. So yes, it looks like a, <laughs> a hangman. Kyle. Well, it is a hangman figure, but it's a custom-made Kyle Peterson hangman. So, all right, so see, though, had I seen I the am... front, I would I can tell that it's not hangman page. But if you only see the back, can, can you flip it around so people don't think I'm completely crazy? No, yeah. If you just see that, you'd probably be like, yes, it's a, it's a hangman yeah, page for sure. figure. And I absolutely love this figure because I've been wearing Western wear shirts like this for like my entire life. It's always been kind of like I'm either wearing a heavy metal shirt, a suit and a tie or a country Western shirt. Like I have I have a huge wardrobe. Of...
and wear a different country western shirt. Cowboy Kyle. Cowboy Kyle. So <laughs> uh, it's so funny is, yeah, he is a peg warmer, but we'll explain. But I think Ringside right now has, I think it's this, it is this figure. It's like seven dollars Oh, it's only three ninety nine right now. Three ninety nine. Wow. I'm going to buy like 15 of these. I'm waiting for like the next set to come out. I'm just going to put those on the order. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to buy like 15 of them. And I'm just going to make customs. I'm going to put one in my office. I'm going to give them as like funny gifts to people and stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. But but uh, the whole controversy on him being a peg warmer, kind of, kind of. Uh, I'd say yes, but it's a little bit unfair because that the one he's talking about is the Walmart exclusive Hangman. It's similar to that one I was showing, but different, a little different design on it. But those shipped in like cases of six or eight. And it's kind of like the Adam Cole that's at Target right now. Every Target in America has like two to eight of those on the shelf. And the peg warmer is a weird term that gets thrown around a lot. And there's different instances of peg warmers. Like my area, I had a lot of fun talking about Rio. Rio's yeah. been on the it shelves in my area. Wasn't just your area. area. Wasn't just yeah. your area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that is a peg warmer. She's been around for three years. Now, Adam Cole, Hangman Page, are they a peg warmer? No, they were shipped to always be there. They are the limited edition at Walmart, and they want people to go to Walmart to buy these, so they're keeping them on the shelves. Now, a year from now, if that Adam Hangman Page is still there, he'll be a peg warmer. But right now, they're just ordering full cases of that one. Um, I think the Eddie Kingston is the next exclusive, and I think that comes out maybe at the end of this month. So depending how long Hangman hangs out after that, no pun intended, then you could call him a, a peg warmer. But, I mean, there's a lot of AEW peg warmers. Lance Archer, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay. I mean, depending on where you go. Um, but I wouldn't classify that one as a peg warmer yet. yet. But I think somebody like CM Punk, who I don't think he's knee-deep in the action figure game, he goes to every single Walmart. All he sees is uh, Adam Page's. And for a while, I mean, if this would have been six months ago, he would have seen a heck of a lot of CM Punk's on the shelf because he was the exclusive before the Hangman Page. So... Uh, it's kind of all relative, I guess, in, in some ways. Yeah, right now, Walmart's, uh, for me and my area, it's the MJF exclusives, or, like, there's a ton of them. I mean, like, I mean, it's happening with everyone who gets a Walmart exclusive yeah. or a Target exclusive, so. Um, that Wardlow, though, that Wardlow went pretty quick. You can still find right. him. That's true. I got I got one of those. See, I'm I'm a sucker. I can't tell you, and I'm sure you've done this plenty of times, too, because um, I know you're the kind of guy where, like, I'm sure every day you wake up, there's just, like, boxes outside, like, just, like, you don't even know what's coming what day, but, you know, it's got stuff to open. And um, I've done this so many times where I'll, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to jump on, you know, Walmart or Target, and I'm going to do the pre-order for the exclusive, and then by the time it shows up, it's a totally different figure. It shows up in the mail. It happens to be all the time, but I just keep doing it because I'm like, you know, because one time it worked, and like, yeah. you, know, you know, that's good enough for me. But, yeah, I'm kind of in the – right now we're waiting on the Samoa Joe. I think that was the next Target one that I pre-ordered, yep. and uh, I think the Kingston's, like, going to be pre-ordering soon from what it looks yep. like. So, yep. Yeah. So Kyle was saying that CM Punk was telling lies. That is what I took away from that. Yeah. He was he was confused. I'm a, I'm a punk guy, now, so I'm a CM Punk yeah. fan. So I don't know. He's he's very polarizing. I guess you'd say. I think that's yeah. fair. Did you want to elaborate on that at all, real quick? I mean, like, this will air on Thursday morning. So like, I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about CM Punk live before everyone hears this conversation. If you want to kind of give your thoughts on all the CM Punk drama going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody's got the whole story of last weekend there about like, supposedly, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you've heard more, but he said something like, don't use real glass or something. Like, to me, isn't that him kind of looking out for his his fellow wrestler? And like, and then you saw Jungle Boy go through that glass and be all cut up and bloody. So it's like, I told you, told you so. But 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if CM Punk gets a bad rap necessarily, but he's definitely opinionated. And we all know somebody in life at the workplace that, you know, just calls it like he sees it for good or for bad. I think CM Punk is kind of that guy. And I, I'm sure one day he'll say, I should have laid in the weeds a little bit more on certain things and certain things not. Um, I'm sure. But I mean, the end of the day too he's got almost i'd have to think i mean there's definitely guys like sting and stuff but cm punk was a major star for the wwe for a few years good amount of years he's definitely got some experience he's definitely been in there and i, I feel like he wants to make the whole organization better um, but i think there's a lot of i mean you take it into your own business life there's a lot of young people that say oh i know better than that guy and I think there's a lot of that going on. And then, of course, you get sides and, oh, I'm with him, I'm with him. And then all of a sudden it's, let's put him on different shows. And it just <laughs> snowballs into an absolute mess. So, obviously, nobody knows all the stories on everything. But, yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, well, at the very least, very toyetic. We're getting a lot of CM Punk figures. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the CM Punk Walmart exclusive when that comes out soon, the Supreme um i saw the pictures going around i mean i i feel like jazzwares really missed the boat on that one is why didn't you give us one with tights one with trunks because you got I the agree. A two trunk ones doesn't really make a lot of sense and then i'm concerned is that going to be stained that's one big concern i have too is that sweatshirt going to stain that figure listen jerry finauer y'all know he's a fan of the or a friend of the show i should say i mean do you want to air your grievances real quick on the staining and the <laughs> pinless joints oh yeah he knows he knows yeah, okay. obviously the staining <laughs> i talked about but yeah the pinless joints and I get it's extra cost and stuff, but I just, you look at the Mattel elites, the Mattel ultimates. Now they're pinless. I mean, it's just nice and clean, nice and clean where you got the big pin. I mean, you can kind of see it right here. It's just a big old pin right yeah. there. And usually uh, if it's like a different color, you'll see it just sticks out. You know, it's just cleaning that up and it all comes down to expenses and things like that. So they've shown they can do it with the Supreme line. I'm just hoping sometime soon they take the leap just like Mattel did and say, okay, we're going to go pinless, because it just looks cleaner. And, and you know, I get both ways about it. And, you know, Super 7 is a company, and we're all familiar with Super 7, I think. Um, they have pinless joints, but people bag on them about the lack of articulation. So, me personally, I'd rather have pinless joints than articulation, but I'm not a toy photographer. I'm not somebody that's playing with them either. So, for what I'm looking at, just standing them here, I want a clean look. I don't want any joints. I want it to look as clean as possible, like almost like a statue. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's personal preference, I guess, is what it is. Kyle, I was going to wrap, unless Jensen, you have uh, any more? I was going to ask Kyle. I mean, I can ask Kyle a question for the next three hours. But I don't, <laughs> I, I know. We, we said we do about a half hour. We've already gone over that. We can definitely have Kyle back again sometime, yeah. though, if you're interested. I mean, I, I have so many. I, I, yeah. I, I love what you do with your YouTube channel, man. I think it's, uh, it's an important thing for the space. Um, I think that it's great to have guys like, broski and, and myers and those dudes sterling and that like i think it's great having wrestlers and like ethan page and those guys who are out there like collecting and like representing for the wrestling fans as wrestlers but it's equally if not cooler for me to see somebody like you who's just a fan who is like has this fan base now and in i'll i want to give you a lot of credit you and i know this isn't easy right, from someone as someone who you know we do a lot of stuff on youtube and stuff and like your consistency with your upload schedule. And I know you have a full-time job on top of it. I know that can't be an easy schedule. Yeah. That's a real grind because you're uploading multiple a times day. a day. Yeah. I mean, and they're all quality uploads. Like you're editing everything. You're putting in pictures of the stuff you're talking about. You're doing the little 360 views of the, the figures. And I mean, you're putting real effort into it. These aren't just like, you know, no effort videos you're just throwing out there. So 
I wanted yeah. to give you some credit on that, man. Like, cause I've, I've watched the grind from like hardly any views to like yeah. where it's at now. And I think a lot of it is just the consistency and, and really just sticking with it. And that's exactly what I say. You know, I get the question a lot in you know, my Patreon or just on social media. Well, how did you do this? How did you get there? And I'm like, there's no secret. At the end of the day, everything I've ever done, like my job, my day job things, it's just grind. And I will, I'll be the first to say that I am not the smartest guy and you don't got to be the smartest guy, but you've got to outwork everybody. And that's what I've always said. I'll never be outworked in anything I ever do. I will always work harder, longer. I might not be the smartest. There could have been a faster way to get that stuff done. But I will never, ever give up, and I never quit. And it's probably part of the addictive personality I, I have a little bit, too. But it's a grind. I mean, I do. I work 70, sometimes 80 hours a week at my day job. I mean, it's a grind. Um, but Sundays is pretty quiet, and I film, you know, peak, how the sausage is made. But I film, like, 95% of my stuff on Sundays. And I get up, you know, 4.35 in the morning and crank it out, one video after another, after another, after another. And then I edit a ton of them Sunday night, and then I'll edit one or two every single night. And you know, like currently on Patreon. So like wherever that day is, I'm done. I think I have like 300 videos in the can that haven't even been on traditional YouTube yet. So, man, that's so you got a family too. Like so Kyle's got a family, he's got children. I mean, a wife. I mean, this is like, you gotta, you're bouncing a lot of stuff, man. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, my kids are getting a little older, 12 and eight. So they're, uh, they're not as, uh, I want to lay on the TV or I want to lay in my bed and play on my iPad. I don't want to go play at the park as much as they used to. So that gives me a little bit more time, I guess, too. Have oh, your that... kids ever? Oh, sorry, Jamie. This last question: Have your kids ever just like gone ham on your collection? Just been like, I want to play with all these toys, and just open one of your defaults up, and like, is so that funny. just like has that just been ingrained in them so hard? I'm like, don't touch dad's toys. It's like... so funny because I always tell my wife, I don't know what we'd do if I would have had two boys. I had two girls. <laughs> like, can you imagine if I had a boy that was like, I love Ninja Turtles. Okay, let's go to the store and get every single Ninja Turtle. That's what I would do. Oh, you like wrestling? Well, now we need to get two of every single one. I mean, and my daughters both went through the phase when they were little, when they were really little, like in wrestling. And and I've always said any toy I have outside of like my one of 30 Masters Universe He-Man and, you know, things that are on card, go at it. And she used to, you know, open this up. She'd take them and she'd play with them. And I, I don't care. I it's not about value for me. It's about fun and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was all in for them playing, but. I've never had that. And like you look on the other side of this camera, there's piles of boxes, there's toys. Like I was, I was telling Jeremy before, I was like, I'm trying to get this place under control, but I got a big mess going on and trying to get it back in you order. Gotta, you got to see a later pile in front of you. Just all the, all the empty, all the empties. Yes. So I clean those up pretty good, but a lot of times I'll do like an elite set and I'll put them all in a box and okay, I'm going to file them where they go. Well then you go, okay, I'm, I'm out of time. I'll do it later. And then you get the next set and the next set. And all of a sudden I got hundreds of figures. I got to put where they go. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, man, this is out of control. And I got a, a big idea for a new display, the final display in my collection. So uh, I'm kind of putting the pieces on that one right now. I was just going to, I was going to say and commend you on the upload schedule and the work you put into it, because like you said, you, it is a grind. And like, if you want to be successful at this stuff, like you just, you got to put in that, that effort. I know Jensen and I kind of, not not really joke about it, but we say the, the Cody do the work type of thing. And that is legitimately what it is. If you really anything in life, if you want to be successful at it, you have to put in 
the work yeah. to do it. And, you know, there's obviously various varying degrees of success, but, you know, like, like you said, like no one's going to outwork you when it comes to this stuff. And I know a lot of people when it comes to their job feel the same way. It's like, you know, I want to be the best at this. So I'm going to, I got to put in the work to be the absolute best in this. And not, a, not everyone has that mentality. So I, I yeah. and appreciate that you have that mentality. Cause I, respect you know, I, I guess I thank my dad for that. You know, my dad was a CEO of an insurance company and stuff. And, you know, day I turned 14, Kyle, you can go work. You got to get a job and, you know, <laughs> paved your own way. And he never caught, you know, I, Hey dad, I'm out of college. Is there a way I can get an insurance job? No, <laughs> no, you can't. And stuff like that. But my dad always said too, and there's something to that is, and we've seen, I think Cody Rhodes did it. Like he says, you've got to put a list together of what you And that was like how he based his entire career on. Um, doing that and you know if if you sit there and say well i just hope one day i have you know five thousand subscribers or whatever and my dad's always like that's how many you'll get that's all you'll ever get you got to shoot for the stars and you kind of kind of keep going and i don't know what what are the stars i mean <laughs> who knows it's all it's all relative that's why i tell everybody about it at the end of the day you just got to have fun with whatever you're doing and if you're not having fun it's not gonna it's not gonna do anything and you know I have, I have just as much fun when I had one subscriber as I do with 30,000 subscribers, nothing's changed. And I'm just glad people enjoy somewhat along for the ride. There's some people that don't like it and that's fine. I'm, I always say I'm not for everybody, not everybody's for everybody. And I always say too, my opinion's no better than your opinion, your opinion, or your opinion. It's just one person's opinion and it is yeah. what it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh... Like, yeah, I, I like that you all, you also incentivize your audience. Like, you know, once we hit this amount of subscribers, I do the top 10 on, you know, this wrestler and, and it gets people excited to want to subscribe and want to see more of your lists. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I think, I think it's just really smart how you, how you set all this up. Um, and yeah, I mean, it definitely shows from, I mean, you seem like the same guy from zero subscribers to yeah. now. It's just the, the, the hair length just changes. That's really just that's, like how, that's that's exactly how, that's how I know what, like if I'm watching an old video or not, I just look for how long Kyle's hair is. And I'm like, okay, this is recent. Uh, I'm so ha- I mean, I was going to say, I'm so happy COVID happened. Well, obviously not happy, but I got to work from home instead of going to the office. Different stages your hair gets to. I'm kind of in it right now. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to be in front of anybody or anything, so I could hide it all. And and then all of a sudden, we come out of COVID, and it's hey, there it is, and it's ready to go. So, yes, we'll see. Now, uh, oh, a yeah, loaded sorry, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a loaded yeah. question because we can see all the cool stuff in your room behind <laughs> you. But the favorite thing in your room? Uh, oh, probably, probably this guy. Let me. <laughs> he's just hanging out here today. He's laying on my feet as a do this, but. <laughs> Yeah. probably the dogs but in in the whole room yeah it's got to go back it's probably my one grail piece i have it loose but i would love to get one on card it is the ljn ultimate warrior um from back in the day i remember i remember clear as day being nine years old getting that for christmas and just you know that was a game changer when you played with your action figures and you got your favorite character an absolute game changer i mean i, I don't know how many hours i've spent with that one so i got a minty mint one that's really nice but one day i want to get one mint on card I don't want to pay the like three grand for it or whatever it would be, but we'll see. But that, that is one I'd really love to get one day, but that is probably my grail piece just because there were so many memories of that one when I was a little kid. So I, I always, it's, I sit on my couch over here and it's in a case right there. And I just, sometimes I just sit there and look at it. So that's probably the one. Well, we haven't talked about it, but you know, Kyle here, 
massive Ultimate Warrior fan, like Ultimate Warrior and Terry Funk, those are your guys. One of my favorite action figures of all time, uh, mainly because I was there on this night, but I, I love that they made the yeah. Ultimate Warrior of uh, him doing Open. the speech the, 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 the night before he passed. Yeah. yeah. You got it. You got a few of them there. Yeah. I got a bunch of versions of this one. I absolutely love that figure as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it really, I mean, it's just wild. It gives me, it always chokes me up a little bit. It's just such a wild thing. You're so lucky you were there. I mean, I'll never forget that night. And just like Terry Funk, it was such a weird circumstance because there's a few people like Warrior, Terry Funk, and Lemmy, of course, from Motorhead. Those are like my three favorite celebrities, or whatever you want to call it. You know, my dad will be the fourth pillar there, but. <laughs> Just what a while. And same thing with Lemmy. When Lemmy died, I was on the Motorhead cruise and I knew that Lemmy was not long for this life. And I went back to our uh, cabin and I told my wife, I said, I got to go back. I know Lemmy's going to be at the poker machine. I'm going to go say hi to him one last time. He died a month later. I just knew it was coming. And Warrior, I woke up because the news broke at like 4 a.m. or something like that on CNN. And I woke up at like three o'clock i could not sleep and i usually can sleep i'm usually out when i go to sleep and i went downstairs turned it on and bam breaking news and it's just a weird thing same thing like getting on the airplane with terry funk so very very strange but i do love this warrior i even got a prototype version of that warrior since we last spoke oh very cool very cool (laughs) love it Kyle, thank you so much thank you so much for joining us today let everyone know where they can find you at yeah, you can find me on the X. Still getting used to that one a little bit, but uh, Sir Paul six four over there. Uh, the underscore Kyle underscore Peterson on Threads. If anybody's using that, I don't know. And then Instagram as well, and then YouTube, of course. Search Kyle Peterson. I always say there's two people with Kyle Peterson on YouTube. There's some survivalist expert that has like four million followers, and then there's the action figure one. So I'm the action figure <laughs> one. <laughs> Galligan, thank you for joining us guys all the links are below in the description so you can just direct click go go there go support and follow kyle go check out the channel go follow him i'll always call it twitter go follow him on twitter or instagram kyle again thank you for joining us today we really appreciate it guys thanks for tuning in and we'll be right back here on the spotlight we're back thank you to kyle peterson for joining us on the creator spotlight again everybody can check out the links below go support him on twitter go watch his vlogs go watch his toy hunts go watch his unboxings all of that fun stuff go support kyle and all the great work he's doing in the action figure game guys thank you for joining us today thank you for the super chats thank you for all the comments thank you for the thumbs up thank you for subscribing if you have subscribed if you have not subscribed to this channel, well, a lot of people, over 100,000 of you have subscribed to this channel. If you have subscribed to this channel, but have not subscribed to Fightful Overbook, please go do that. FightfulOverbook.com. We have a lot of content, content every single day from a various uh, contributors from around the wrestling media space, including myself, Joel Pearl, Kate, uh, Haley and Kylie from Tag Talk, Rob and Maggie, Coexisting. Kieran and Matt, they will have a new episode of Bread Club this week. So a lot going on on Fight Flover Book. Mike and Reg with Indeed. Go subscribe. Go go to Fight Flover Book. Subscribe to the channel. It really means a lot to, to myself and to Joel Park. We don't care about him. But to myself, to me, everybody, it would mean a lot to me if you go subscribe. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Myself and Steven Jensen with a new episode of The Spotlight. Everybody, enjoy the wrestling this weekend. A lot of it between payback and all in or all out all in was last week 
get myself confused. Payback on Saturday, all out on Sunday. There's a GCW show. There's an MLW show. There's Collision. There's SmackDown. There's so much wrestling. John Cena, the GOAT, is going to be on SmackDown this week. There's a lot of wrestling going on, everyone. So no shortage of wrestling to watch this weekend. Thank you guys again. And we'll be back next week here on the Spotlight. Goodbye, everybody.